0: So graham crackers. You gotta watch that. Dude,
1: you got You're a man of substance. You 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 like the finer things.
0: Some graham crackers with some peanut butter dipped in milk. Oh that's fuck. the move. You ever done that?
2: Oh yeah. How do I know you're a dad?
0: Is that a dad? That, that was my dad. My dad did that when I was a kid, so I I assume I probably picked that up from him, but yeah, sometimes that's just breakfast in the morning. Sometimes it's dinner. Yeah. Graham crackers, peanut butter, and milk. Plenty of calories there, huh, Brady?
2: That is good cows. Is <laughs> do, you, do you track your macros in the calculator not, after I'm our not, food one?
0: I'm not tracking any macros. I, got, I'm I'm track no. a... I think that's just like a complete whatever. Yeah. I'm just starving and that's I need to cheap, eat. That's, that's
2: a, a cheat g- meal. I just don't believe in it. Did you, yeah. watch, did you watch the game last night?
0: No, man. I was watching my kid play last night. Dude, my, the
2: game last night was awesome. It was, was pretty good. My kid back had, and I, forth.
0: Yeah, my oldest kid had games in St. George, so I caught the last his last game last night, which was, it was pretty rough. <laughs>
2: So you, so you watched the though, right? Yeah, oh yeah. Do you think that it wasn't as much hype after they won the finals? Like literally, like it didn't seem like a normal like NBA championship. Everyone's super jacked when the finals. Everyone's just like, "Yeah, we won." <laughs> yeah. Like, even like the locker room stuff, like yeah, they were spraying the champagne and stuff like that. But like maybe the coverage was really weird this year. But it did not seem like I also think a team won and everyone's so jacked on it.
1: Yeah, I also think uh, the Joker and. Murray, yeah, and they're just such calm,
2: calm people. people. Like,
1: yeah. I think that has a lot to do with it too. They're both so calm just in their day to day lives. Like, did you see the Joker this morning? I haven't like, seen oh, anything. Are you excited for the parade this morning? He's, the reporter is asking, him, Oh, are you excited for the parade? And he goes, When is it? When goes, is it's it Thursday morning? He goes, No, I gotta go home. <laughs> so he's just going home. He's where's he from? Some uh Serbia, uh, Serbia, is it Serbia, yeah, it is yeah. Serbia. Yeah, so he's, just, he's going home. Yeah, yeah. Just doesn't doesn't
0: care.
2: <laughs> Wants to go see his family. Shout, shout out to Chris Neville though; he should have went to the game because he lives close by now. Yeah, why didn't he go? I again? don't know. What an idiot. I what bet your tickets were. I, you? I, look, I looked at the ticket oh. prices. How much? Uh, there were some for like right behind the basket that were like nine grand. <sighs> I know the hockey. T- even the, even the upper deckers were like a thousand five hundred. Yeah, like, the hockey bleeds. tickets.
1: The hockey tickets tonight, standing room only, is eight hundred bucks.
0: Really? Yeah. Yeah, tonight's a big night, right? This will be, Could be, the Vegas Knights will have won a Stanley Cup well, by the time this comes out.
1: Let's knock on wood. <laughs> Could be a big night. Man. Pretty I mean.
0: cool to have a home game finish. They're oh, yeah. up, They're up Could
1: 3-1. Be, I mean, Cinderella story. I remember
2: the last man. time they, got, they were doing this and Cody Boer said, oh, yeah, they're going to win it all, and then the next game they lost. So Well, we
1: won the first game against uh, Capitals, and then we lost four straight in a row, and then they won the Cup in Vegas. I was at the – game, so I have seen the cup. It was just to the wrong team. To the wrong team. Yeah. And that was the first year. I watched year. Ovechkin get to raise the cup, though. I stayed and watched that. It was pretty cool.
0: That was the very first year that was a franchise, yeah, right? very first year. What was the series that year? you remember?
1: 4-1. So we won – 4-1 f- opposite? Yeah, we won the first game at home. And then they won four straight? Uh, sorry, we won the first game there. And then they – no, we won the first game at home. And then it went four in a row to the Capitals after that.
0: So I feel pretty good. I mean, we're up 3 1. Yeah, we now. won the first
1: game at home. We were the home team. We were the, yeah. So we won the first game at home and then we, we lost four straight. They swept us after that. Mm-hmm. Not this year, though. Ovechkin was, it, he was, that guy's incredible. The the penalty, the uh, power play for them, it is literally automatic. Ovechkin's going to score. It's <laughs> fucking automatic every time. <laughs> I guarantee. It, it was unbelievable. Huh. It was unreal to watch that guy play.
2: Yeah. I, I was sitting up in uh, Montana at a bar watching that last game. I was yeah. just like blown away, like you're saying, like they are so it w- good. It was automatic. Yeah. Every time every
1: time they'd go on a power play, it's like, all right, here we go. A from the side.
2: Yeah. I was even texting my brother. My brothers are, you know, living in Minnesota, big hockey fans. It's like, dude, you watching the game? He's like, Yeah, man, this game oh. is epic. And I'm like, dude, he's like, the Vegas are so good. Yeah, Vegas like, is like they're just so solid as a team.
0: So this would be yeah, the man. second time they've played for a cup in five years. Six years. Six years. Mm-hmm. So this is the six years mm-hmm. from an expansion team. Yeah. It's pretty incredible.
1: It's the most incredible. I mean, statistically, it's, it's yeah, it's really incredible. I just statistically. Wish, we could,
2: I wish we could grow some ice in this town. That'd be pretty sick. <laughs> and then we can go play on some ponds.
0: I guarantee they've got we, adult leagues here.
2: We have two, yeah. but we only have two
1: rinks, two Oh, really? Uh, Total? Yeah, yeah. It's got to be so it's,
0: expensive to have ice in this there's town. There's got to be more. We have four now?
1: No. Do we have four? We only had two. Those are new then. Yeah, there's, so we have four now. That's how much it's grown. We there's
0: got to be expansion in Vegas as far as people just like More in, than, interest in hockey, people playing hockey. I can tell you, my, my kid
1: is on the on the little nights. Can't uh, got you know? Yeah. He's in that little deal. Yeah, like junior nights. It, and it's incredible how serious it's gotten.
0: There, there has to be. I mean, it's incredible. You see, guy, you see all the like the Instagram videos, like guys, you know, out on the strip and they're in lines. Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
1: what just shows you how to grow the game, right? So like all these, all these. They're all looking to grow the game, golf and basketball. And then you go worldwide and you do this and you do that. It just showed, we've seen it firsthand now. Like you bring hockey to the desert, it grows to the, the desert. game. Yeah, It, it, it <laughs> absolutely <laughs> grows the game. Everyone was wondering what the, what the hell was going on when they brought a hockey team to Vegas. It does grow the game. There's no question. Yeah. You watch these kids now, it's unbelievable.
0: Yeah. We haven't ever watched, ho- like my house, we've never watched hockey, but... Well, yeah, we've we got to Utah into it. Knights have a team. Now yeah. we're all into it. You mm-hmm. drive around Cedar City, there's tons of Vegas mm-hmm. Knights... Plates and stickers, and people wearing hoodies and jackets and t shirts. It grew so. the
1: game. And Vegas was the best place. We've been dying for a professional team for so long. It's like, it is so overdue.
0: So I got to ask I feel like hockey, and I don't know because I don't know that much about hockey, but I feel like, I feel like the, uh, like from team to team, it's not like, obviously, there's players that are more talented. Like in basketball, you've got your superstars, right? And I assume in hockey, you have superstars as well. Yeah. But it seems like there's, more there's a chance that some random team like Florida right yeah. they were an 8 seed they come out of nowhere yeah and I know Vegas was good this year but like is that case is that the case like can is there like is there more evenness between hockey players and in ho- in professional hockey
1: it is incredible how the worst team can be become the best team yeah. so quickly and then the best team can become a worst team so quickly it's not like, like you just
0: get the best player no and then you're automatically in no no yeah, that's pretty cool. See, I like that about hockey. That's yeah. really it is.
1: It's the, it is fun. Makes it really fun.
0: Makes it more fun because your team could make a run.
1: Yeah, I mean, and they it, they get hot going into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, they play every other day for the most part, like on average, every other day. Really? Yes. So they you get they get super streaky. So like Florida was super streaky going into the playoffs, and then they just took over.
0: How many games they play a season? Do you know? It's all Eighty-two. Tough, Eighty-two.
1: Yeah. 82, yeah.
0: God, I can't it's imagine it is, as physical as it is. I know. The yeah, play, it's, it's pretty physical. Uh,
1: almost, basically, every like three days, I guess, on average, but mostly, like a lot of the time, it's every other day.
0: Cal, it seems like so physical. Yeah. And just, I mean, they, they come in yeah. in shifts, right? They You've got lines, is that what they call it? Four I don't know, lines. Four yeah, lines. They and got they, they line. sub them out. I know they have ice. My my kids are always impressed with how quickly they jump lines. Like some random guy just. Has you know jumped, what I take from jump. that
1: though? A ton of inspiration on communication. I look at that. Yeah. And then I look at business, and I'm like, man, the amount of communication and in, like how in sync they have to be with each other. That is to run it at that high of a level and under that much stress, right? Playing mm-hmm. in the for the Stanley Cup, they're just so in tune with each other. Like, it's it's interesting to watch inspiring to watch to try and bring it to work like how the hell can we not communicate like that and we're like <laughs> yeah we're right down the hall from each other and it's really yeah. not on the fly
0: like got to practice it every single yeah. day i guess it's crazy does the stanley cup get bigger like one of my kids asked me that he's mm-hmm. like i think they get it bigger cuz they don't they put their name on the cup
1: does it get bigger yeah we got Pay- Payton's our internal hockey oh they add the ring on the bottom yeah, the to ring keep ring. The so they
0: add games. a ring, it gets bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my littlest kid was saying that the other day, and I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. He's yeah. like, yeah, it gets bigger as they put names on it. It's
2: pretty cool. It's really cool. Yeah, I had to look that up the other day. Oh, really? The look, yeah, the cool I, thing, I saw someone like, like doing something with the Stanley Cup, and I was like, wait, all those names are on there. How does that work? What, like, what happens when they fill it up? And I, was like, I never it, knew. The, one,
1: the cool thing is it only travels when it can be won. So when the when a team has three wins, that's the only time it starts to travel. So like it'll be in Vegas tonight. It hasn't been in Vegas or Florida this entire time. Hmm. Cuz it only travels when when it's it can up be won. When it's when it's a, when it's yeah, a game it. deciding yes. in a series. And then each player gets it for one day.
0: <laughs> oh really? Yeah. They rotate it yeah. between. That's and they great. get to do whatever they want with yeah. it.
1: I I've, I've fantasized about what I would do with it. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> I'd put on
2: a floaty next to me in the pool I've fantasized
1: hang out. quite a few times on what I would do with it and <laughs> I I don't want to say it on the podcast because then people will judge me too hard. (laughs) That's pretty hilarious. (laughs) I promise I'm a good person.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty cool. And then will it stay in Vegas, do you know, like after it's over? Peyton,
1: it stays with each one of the players for a day, and then what happens? Then it goes to the administration. Then it goes to the administration. Okay, and then once the new – okay. it goes to the administration after that. They get get it until the first game of the next season, and then it goes back to the league. Hmm. Perfect
0: that's a awesome we need an office trophy that travels I know right Travel the biggest, biggest Bucker Bowl of the year yeah. you get bragging rights Yeah, you do some cool carvings on it get how your, cool for the Capitals
1: to win it in Vegas though too you think that was a good night holy shit <laughs> look at these pictures
0: yeah but wait till the home team wins it in Uh-oh. Vegas
1: Vegas is going to be on another level
0: yeah Vegas is going to get wild could be the city of champions. That's the funny thing you about know?
1: Vegas. It doesn't matter if it is a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It doesn't matter if it's Saturday. Does not matter. This t- this town is ready to go.
2: Could be because we had a uh, Las Vegas uh, Aces win last year WNBA WNBA yeah this will be the second second title. championship we've mm-hmm. already had.
0: Do you think they'll do a big parade down the strip? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. I have to come down for that.
1: But like I'm saying, man, let's knock on wood. Not Florida's, yeah, Florida's not a bad team.
0: I feel pretty good about it though. So Should talk about.
1: I'll be at the game. You'll be so at the game. I'll be there.
0: I'm going to look for you. I always look for you.
1: I was at game two. I missed game one. I was being a good dad. Took my son to a birthday. I was I think not you need- in the best mood, so maybe I wasn't a
0: good dad. But <laughs> I think you need like a costume so we can pick you out. You get some <laughs> camera time. <laughs> <laughs> Go hunt
1: orange. That's what I'm wearing tonight. Go hunt orange vest. The, you orange guys vest. Will see it's me the pumpkin my patch life. vest. Yeah, yeah. pumpkin. I mean, Which is what, do we, what, what do we name it? it the pump, don't shoot me vest. What no, we got no. we got the pumpkin patch vest. The pumpkin patch we can, vest. We can do that because, because
2: of like Facebook and
1: yeah. YouTube and all shameless those places plug. Really, live in the store now. Yeah, they, it's a pretty. It's a badass orange vest. Maybe great. I will that. You got to wear it
2: tonight. Yeah, the new hunt film. We also can't haven't really talked about yet, but yeah, we're dropping all the secrets. Yeah, the new hunt film of me from state last year is dropping later this month. It wasn't Europe? Oh, it might have been. It was in Europe? Okay. It was hunting you yeah. over there. Yeah, and I'm wearing that pumpkin patch vest. And it was actually a legit vest. Like Kevin did a really good yeah, job Yeah, this on thing's it. been
1: awesome. We've been developing it for a while.
2: Yeah, Kevin's been working on it.
1: It's a minimalist vest, but awesome at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like uh, it's Some of them have gotten so over-engineered, and no one likes wearing orange vests. No. You know what I mean? So it's like you have to balance the perfect amount of usefulness and... At the same time, you know everybody has disdain for wearing it, so yeah. you know, kind of walk that fine line.
0: It's got to be just enough, but not annoying. Exactly,
1: in, and in the way some of them, I mean, they've gotten so out of control, annoying. Yeah,
0: some of them are heavy. Some of them aren't enough. Pockets everywhere, Pockets and like everywhere. make it super technical. Yeah,
1: you know, yeah, I don't want that.
0: Yep. So that's live on the site. You can check that out. Uh, what else we got? Oh, that was a
1: great shameless plug.
0: It was. Chaos.
1: <laughs> that was awesome. How that just Yeah, got in you there.
0: got uh, Father's Day. I don't know if this will be out before Father's Day. It might not be, but. If you want to get some gear for your dad, if you miss and we got a BOGO going on
1: right now for oh, yeah. Father's Day. And yeah, buy yeah.
2: buy one, we'll give you one for free to gift. Yep. So buy one Insider membership. Yep, you get a little code in, in your email, and you could gift it to anyone you want. I would suggest
1: your dad. Considering suggest it's your Father's, your dad, father's yes. Day.
2: Yes.
0: Anytime I'm down here, Brady's always talking to his dad on the phone.
2: I talk to my dad a lot. I was yeah. just I actually just texted him earlier really on the podcast. You're <laughs> awesome. talking about right? He's <laughs> setting up my uh my I got my brother or he got my brother a, a Browning rifle. I just helped him on the, on the hookup side of it for christmas and there we so go. we've go. we been talk, talking about setup up and getting all dialed and i'm gonna go back home and help him set it That's up. it's awesome well, on fourth of july so. always
0: makes me feel guilty because brady's on the phone with his dad all the time and i'm like man i don't talk to my dad nearly enough as enough sh- as i should i live in the same I, town I feel guilty
1: i live seven minutes away from my dad his office is three oh. minutes away from mine and brady talks to his dad more
0: you got father's day figured out already no, I actually don't do a
2: lot for Father's Day or Mother's Day because I don't want one of them to think I'm, like, doing something over the top for one <laughs> or the other and make my mom jealous, make my dad jealous. Uh, Did you say your mom gets mad? That works? Yeah, sometimes my mom sees, like, I talk to my dad all the time or, like, and I'm dropping something on Facebook. And then she drops like this really long comment. Like I, we remember back in the day when I take you all to basketball practice, your dad, was bu- <laughs> your, your dad, your dad was busy you know, working on his business and, oh. and making it successful. And I'm doing all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, mom, I do remember like, I think that you was, should poke oh, the right.
0: bear and like really go over that the was top. Freaking my yeah, father. That was freaking
2: baller
1: mom. Parents, <laughs> <laughs> it's a funny thing. And now yeah. that now I'm in it with my wife, it's dude, it's real. When my son, like he obviously he's a boy. So, you know, it's yeah. kind of a father son thing.
2: And my wife's like,
1: man, I, all I do is tote on him all day. And then he wants to be with you. I'm like, Hey, that's the way it goes. Yeah.
2: So, so lately I've been noticing, like if I call home, like this last week in the rep at the cabin working on the whitetail property. So I talked to my dad for a while about something and I was like, all right, instantly hand the phone over to mom. Like, smart. I know, I know like mom's in there in the room and knows I'm just calling dad talking about whitetail stuff or hunting things. And I'm like, yeah, pass the phone over really quick. So I can like smart. smooth over both of them.
1: I need to take some notes from you. That's very smart.
0: Yeah, we got that. We also got Fourth of July coming up. We'll probably do a little little gear, uh, probably some collections, probably sell. So look mm-hmm. for that in the Gohan Gear Shop. Yep. And then kind of the uh, the subject at hand. E scouting. E scouting. Scouting in buddy. general. Like we're getting. Yeah, I was thinking today on the drive down. I'm like, man. We're into June, and usually, like, that 4th of July weekend.
1: That's the set-off. That's starting, yeah. the bomb.
0: Yeah, I'm really starting to think, like, man, bucks and bulls should be to a point where you can really start to tell you know what exactly, they are. Yeah, yeah and exactly, his
1: Jr. sent me a picture of a buck yesterday because he drew. He, out? he finally drew his his tag. He's been chasing 19 points he had. Yep. Drew his hometown tag. Obviously, it's a good one. And he sent me a picture of a buck yesterday. I'm like, holy shit. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You
2: know why that is? Water. Rain makes antlers. Rain Good Rain
1: though, makes huh? corn, corn makes whiskey. <laughs> whiskey makes the girls get a little frisky.
0: <laughs> yeah, Brady, write that down. Shout out to uh, Luke
1: Bryan. Shout out to Luke Bryan. Those
2: are some.
0: Did you some know that of... off the top of your head that that was a Luke Bryan song? Yeah, bro. Are <laughs> you a big yeah, Luke yeah, Bryan fan? No,
2: I'm a big. I listen to country. Unless <laughs> I go to the gym and then it's, you know, rock. And, and, you think and Luke
0: Bryan hunts? Yeah, oh, yeah, I think, yeah he does. He does. He? Yeah, he yeah. for sure hunts. No kidding.
1: He's got some epic celebrations after killing some deer I don't know anything epic about that guy
0: other than he just constantly gets ripped on about his tight jeans or right? he's a tight, he's yeah. cool
1: he's really cool. I have to get him I'm, on. I'm a fan. Standing
0: I'm, standing inv- invitation to Luke Luke Bri- Bryant or Brian. I don't even know. Brian, I honestly, I don't know. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. Here's this buck. Come on the Big Hunt Guys podcast. Yeah. We'll talk hunting. Oh yeah, that buck's definitely got some potential. <laughs> right? On, he he sent hey, me this. Hey, and I'm shared. like, whoa, tri- whoa, tri- dang.
2: Tri- if you guys don't realize, Trillus spit all over the
0: yeah, table. I'm like, so look excited, buck. I just spit. Holy, how
1: about that buck? Before Holy July gosh!
2: 4th. Already rain makes horns man yeah like
1: he sent me that
0: last night and i'm like whoa are we talking okay. sheep or are
2: we talking deer because rain makes antlers antlers horns you can see both
0: you start to see bases on that buck yeah oh yeah that i mean got some bases. i mean he's got a lot else They'll going a, on already but you're starting to really see mass H3 potential mass measurement too that's yeah be, that's, that's awesome. crazy he's been out and about already oh yeah. good for him he's got four cameras hung right now
2: he's kind of how excited to do for east counting season trail and just getting down the field in general
0: well, it's like i said i was driving down today and i've been looking i've been looking at maps you know since i i have a couple tags in my pocket and i would say that's kind of the. I think as we, we approach this we tackle it from that standpoint but kind of like you get your tag what's the first step second step third step and then you actually get out on the ground and go hunting but and, and kind of tackle it that way but i've been looking at maps um and then like i said today my very favorite part of it is getting boots out on the ground and like that july time frame july early august it's finally when you can like really get excited about a, an animal, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. you, you see that buck or bull for the first time and you're like, yep, that's the one I'm going to move in with him and just work him the entire hunt until I kill him. So I'm, I'm getting excited, super excited.
2: Do you, do you think like <clears throat> early June's a waste then for uh, people like, or, or do you think you're just, it can be better because you're going to see those bulls, see those bucks a little bit more grown up. You can know what the inventory you're running into or even like snowpack too. We have to deal with, mm-hmm. you know, a lot like going up too early, you're going to. Not be able to get to a high country where you want to kind of never scale. waste, but just never waste. Yeah, yeah, never
0: waste. But you're not gonna you're not gonna see what you're hoping to see. You're mm-hmm. gonna you're gonna find deer. You're gonna find bucks. Hopefully, your bulls. Yeah. You're gonna get to know the roads and trails. You're gonna get to know kind of the lay of the land and habitat conditions. You're gonna find the water and that kind of thing, which is super important. It just it's just that much more important in July and August because then, especially. I mean, I mean, if you're just hunting, you know, sure, it's great. But like, if you're trying to target a you know a buck or a bull and you're really trying to trophy find some trophy potential i would say july's so you'd you'd rather go in july yeah i don't have like endless yeah i don't have endless time and weekends i wish they did but if i'm gonna put time into scouting it's gonna be july and august yeah and mostly july like i said that fourth of july weekend i mean every year uh my family goes over to um my in-laws like the little town and they do the whole parade and everything and i can't remember last time i made it just because i'm out looking for deer on july 4th yeah, everybody, el- everybody else is at a parade so i'm gonna go on the mountain and look for deer <laughs> you have it to yourself Smart. <laughs> yeah yeah have it to myself but yeah i'm i'm stoked man i'm super excited and like i said the first step i feel like is always e-scouting yeah, yeah.
1: june june for me is e-scouting yeah, cause cause, like you said, July, July is when you, right now it's a lot of like heat junior found that buck, right? Yeah. I mean, it's still, you're, you're holding on to hope that he's going to finish the way he started, mm-hmm. right? You still don't know. Come July 4th, you're going to know frame cheaters yeah. inlines. You're going to know all that stuff to know exactly what's going on.
0: The other thing about June is like, you might find an animal and look at it and think, yeah, that, that buck's got a ton of potential and maybe just doesn't finish off. Mm-hmm. Uh, or conversely, which I've had happen several times. I've seen a buck in June and not fought, thought much of it thought not not a lot of it yeah. and then you know checked the camera and well when not, I had, not when now, I had my August. Limited entry
1: tag in Utah that's exactly what happened mm-hmm. I thought I had a buck and then one of the bucks that came out of nowhere finished. yeah and I'm blew like, up. okay that's the one yeah
0: I always think that's interesting how an animal can kind of the rate of growth mm-hmm. and I know like where I'm from in southern Utah this year I would expect them to finish pretty good I mean the feed was was good this spring from the winter and then we've had we've had some rain, like afternoon thunderstorms, and you know if we get some continued rains through July, I I, I would anticipate they finish really good as well. But I, I'm I'm with you. That's always interesting to yeah. me. I have a buck I killed. He's like a 182 inch buck. I shot with a muzzleloader, and I have truck camera pictures of that buck the end of June. So kind of that time frame, like we're creeping into July. I remember looking at it and think, yeah, he's probably going to be like 150, 160, just a nice four point, mm-hmm. you know, and then. Uh, When it ended up killing that buck, uh, same buck, like that buck blew up. I mean, he he put on way more inches than I would have thought. So
1: you never know. You never know. That's that's it's fun when that happens. I mean, they're very similar to people, right? Showers or growers. (laughs) (laughs) Some of them show early and some grow late. (laughs) Come on, Brady. Let's get into this. (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. Uh, But no, that's it happened to me, and it was it was awesome. It was it was like a last second switch. I mean, he just kept going right those three four days right before season, and then I'm like, okay, this is this is the buck for sure. Isn't it fun? I thought I was after a different one the whole time.
0: There's no better feeling than uh, putting glass to an animal that just gets you so excited. Mm. Mm. I don't know if there's a better it's one of the best feelings ever it, it, it's it. like when you put the time and effort in you've done all the E scouting and then you actually get out you get boots on the ground and you put glass on an animal and you've got a tag in your pocket like for me that's so exciting
1: when you find the one yeah, you're yeah. Willing and to you're just, just like
0: that's the one I'm just yeah. gonna hunt that buck or that yeah. bull like yeah. there's that's such a good feeling that's got me excited Yeah,
1: I'm willing to lose my job over this animal right here. (laughs) Like, that's that kind of deal. Yeah, I'm going to go go home and tell my family. (laughs) Like, hey, listen.
0: Here's the thing. (laughs) I'm probably not ever going to see a buck like this again in my life. Like, I'm just going to have to pour all my time and effort into this one animal and and make it happen. Because if I don't, I'll regret it forever.
2: It's a great feeling. Yeah. Mm, I want that to happen this year.
0: Badly. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to hit us with a promo before we dive into like the first part of this? Oh, let's do this. Let's do some promo. I know you like a promo. I do like some promos. Everyone likes a promo. And I like them right now, too,
2: because I love talking about everything that we offer. Like it is just, it's an entire suite of research tools to help you get a tag in your pocket when you use Insider. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, we talk about, you know, listen to the podcast last like four or five months. It was all about research applications, you know, draw odds, draw deadlines, and now we're moving into... Like we're talking about today, the e scouting portion.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Or even post draw, don't have a tag. We can still get tags.
1: We still, you, like you we're, still we're dropping all this stuff about these, you know, yeah. secondary
2: opportunities, leftover tags. And like the best strategy mm-hmm. is literally using filtering 2.0 to find some of these leftover tags. Like when Colorado comes with their second draw, you're dang right. I'm going to be looking at filtering 2.0, trying to figure out exactly what those units are that were, you know, I'm available to pick up. Why go into, you know, a stage and leftover things without knowing exactly about that unit, especially like, you know, a state where you might have to lose your points. Like when Nevada's first come for yep, sure comes exactly. up. So like being able to research it ahead of time. So you no know when those tags pop up and that's why insider is so great. And that's why I want you guys give you a little kickback. Use promo code podcast. You're going to get uh, 50 points back to the go gear shop. That's $50, 50 bucks. Yeah. I got to buy 50 some arrows today. Bucks. back to the go gear shop. Yeah. So use that. You get the entire research suite of tools. You know, like we're talking about, you can still use insider right now and it's very valuable right now. For a lot of things and go want maps you got point Tracker. like the other day i was just you know running through updating all my points on some states i didn't draw yeah species i didn't draw or going through i drew a lot of tags this year it was pretty pretty silly so i was going through it it kind of hurts when you you got a lot of points in point tracker and then you have to revert it back down to zero. zero Ugh. yeah it goes from double God digits did. to zero yeah. but it's like that's the thing you gotta do attack, this time here yeah yeah so guys yeah use promo code podcast when you sign up we'll give you a little kickback and get the best uh, research tools out there. you yeah. Go Hunt maps, which we're going to talk about today pretty heavily. Yeah, that's I don't have guy. an elk tag this year. So you don't? Lo- no, oh, that's right.
0: No, I've been looking at it. I've been I've been debating internally, like, how do I feel about not having an elk tag? Like, can I actually go a whole season and not have an elk tag and feel like okay about it? Have you it? ever done
1: that? I don't know. You're a big deer guy now. It's
0: <laughs> you and Brady have switched. I do. Spots. I do like Hun deer, and I do want. I mean, I've got two. I've got two deer tags this year that I feel like the potential is really good for. So I kind of want to pour all my time and effort just into those two tags and make the absolute most of them that I can. But then just the thought of not being out chasing elk with a bull and like hearing them bugle and like that whole cat and mouse game and calling. And I just, I don't know how I feel, but I don't know if I can do
1: it. You've publicly said on a lot of different occasions, elk is your favorite.
0: Elk is my favorite. I I, I like hunting elk. Yeah. I, I would rather kill a big bull than a big buck.
1: And you don't have one this year.
0: I don't have one this year. So I've been looking at filtering a lot lately. <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing. You can scour I've, those leftover lists. Yeah, I've been combing through yeah, I've been waiting for, you know, Colorado secondary draw, kinda looking at the We're options out there. Looking at some O T C stuff maybe? Yeah, mostly OTC is what I've been doing. I've just been filtering through the OTCs, and that list has gotten smaller as some of those units have gone to to uh, draws. And I was looking through some of the draw data for this last draw, so this current draw uh, via their state website, and just kind of looking to see if anything would be available potentially. And like a lot of those areas even went second choice, you know. So there's not, there may not be as much out there. So OTC is still good. I mean,
2: you're gonna try to pick up an Idaho tag because I got their third. Yeah. Tag sale day coming up, uh, what, June 22nd?
0: Yeah, I've been I've been waiting. I'm, I'm eyeballing it. Let's see if anything pops up. Elk yeah, I'm, I'm keeping my options. I'm looking at them, but mostly I've been looking, I'd say filtering 2.0. I've been really looking at Colorado elk and just so, kind of combing through units and looking at areas and talking <laughs> to people, so.
1: If I know a trail like I think I do.
0: I'll, I'll probably end up that route. You'll have a tag. If yeah, there's, there's no way. trail <laughs> Yeah, how can you miss an elk rut? I know.
2: You what what about going I mean. to like a crazy new state? Like, what about going to Oregon?
0: Nah, yeah, I got no interest in roses. No, no, no interest at all. When you it.
1: in the age-old saying, it's I can't remember who was the first one to say it, so I can give him credit. But like, you you only have so many that's, September's that's in your life. That's what I always say. I like, say
0: that all the time. I was just about to say it. Actually, you only <laughs> have you only so have, many. Yeah, how can you not be out with a bow in your hand and hear an elk bugle and just yeah. Brady? You, just, you need to come to the uh, the good side. You man. You only
2: have so many Novembers in your life.
0: <laughs> <laughs> November's overrated. It's uh, cold.
2: Yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> just lovely. But
0: yeah, I, I'm sure I'll have an elk tag. But I've been cruising I've been I mean, I've been using Gohan maps a ton. Just an absolute metric shit ton. <laughs> yeah. Just cruising through it, looking at units, you know, picking out areas that I think look elky. Uh, we did a series, I did a video, you've done a mule deer one, I did an elk one that was elk. kinda on feed water cover, so I spent a ton of time looking at maps. And yeah, I've been absolutely just pouring through maps and filtering and looking at harvest statistics. And like like you said earlier, I mean, all that's included in your Hunt Insider membership. And I've been using the product that I work for, which that's why we built it, right? We built it for we ourselves. It daily. Built it for morons thank, like me. You know. you get,
1: thank God there's a lot of people out there that want the same info impro- information as us, so we can make a business out of it. But yeah,
2: yeah, yeah man, it's it's all we use.
0: So, so yeah, I would say chances are probably still pretty good I'll have an elk oh, tag yeah. at some yeah, point. Yeah, I know you. you, know,
2: you <laughs> know. Would you give up on your deer tags for an elk tag?
0: Uh, eh, I don't think so. Yeah,
2: I wouldn't either. No, I, I know the tags you have. We're not going to talk <coughs> not about this them. But, yeah,
0: yeah, one's just close to home. I've always said your best chance to kill a big buck, uh, regardless, is is a unit that's close to home. It's yeah. like the more time, and like that's going to be the primary topic of the podcast is scouting.
2: But there's guys like leading into that. People are not from that same area. This mm-hmm. is why e scouting is going to be so valuable, though. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I, th- I feel like you can still. You can oh, yeah. find a buck through e-scouting. You can kill a deer based on e-scouting efforts. But like you said, you it's can, gonna you, be way better. You can definitely you kill there. a
0: deer. I just think to target a big deer currently with like conditions across the West, I think that your chances of killing a truly big deer are pretty tough if you're not yeah. out there all summer long looking you at it. You need to be, yeah. And it's not impossible. I mean, you go to a state like Colorado, you've killed some big deer that you maybe haven't put boots on the ground. Never put boots on the ground. So it's definitely possible. But like for elk hunting, I think you can absolutely go into a unit just because of the the dynamic of that animal, yeah. you know, they move so much. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like it's nearly as, uh, cons- you know, as a constraint as it is like <laughs> a big mule deer. So that's, not- a good, that's a
2: good point to bring up, though. That east County is probably golden for elk but it might be a little more difficult to target a bigger buck oh, I,
0: I feel great about e-scouting like for, for elk, for elk yeah. yeah I can do e-scouting on a unit in Colorado have no plans whatsoever to set foot in that unit and still show up even on an OTC unit and know that I can find elk and hunt elk 100% whereas a mule deer yeah, I like boots on the ground if I can yeah
1: I mean but look I've born and raised in Nevada my whole life very few and far between hunting opportunities for me as a local here mm-hmm. I've had two deer tags my entire life in my home state it's just it is what it is so I'm always having to travel, mm-hmm. right? Family, yeah. business, all the, I don't have a lot of time through the summer. E-scouting has been everything to me mm-hmm. as far as like heading into the back country, right? Yeah. Like it's been everything just to make sure I'm in the right spot, you know, try to narrow it down to three, four places. At least when I'm not starting at the entire unit, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, and it's done well. I mean, yeah. And that's a good well point.
0: I would, while I'm thinking about it. Uh, I tell people this all the time. I have tons of people and I guarantee you guys do too. You have people reach out, they're looking at a state or, you know, like an OTC option in Colorado for elk. And they're just like overwhelmed by the amount of options. And they try to pick the unit. I always tell people, don't, don't worry about picking the best unit. Just, yeah. just pick a the unit, pick a damn unit. And then find in the best unit. spots in that unit. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So that's a good point, And I would I would always pass that advice on just, you know, pick a unit that kind of matches your style of hunting. If you want to backpack, pick a unit that's got some wilderness and some roadless country. You want to, you know, if you want to hunt close to the road, pick a unit that's got good elk numbers and you get a lot of good access, of you know, yeah. and, then, yeah. and then hunt it that way. But then really pick apart your maps and start to find those e-scouting. areas. But yeah.
1: And I can tell you what I'm most excited about with e-scouting this year. Yeah, let's have it. We finally have pulled off historical imagery in our e-scouting.
2: Historical imagery is so like I want to swear right now because I'm really excited about it yeah do it, it is like do it geez, do it over, how, told, just do I it we're over I
1: told Porter that because he always gets on me about uh like, but know, it's, it's it, legit how excited I am he always gets on me man you cuss a lot and I'm like I know but when I'm excited like you know <laughs> that's what happens and I'm genuinely excited so I'm gonna cuss on this podcast yeah. and I'm just letting you know right now <laughs> I it's think we're past our
0: it. time limit when it's not okay <laughs> is, yeah are, are we 30 there 30 we go in. Yeah. Oh, I, let's go.
2: Like legit, I'm fucking <laughs> for historical go. imagery on
1: Gohan. I know, man. Me too. It's so it's so awesome. I can I used Google the number one thing I used Google Earth for was historical imagery. Yep. Like that was that essentially became the only reason I was still using it. Yeah. And now that is in in eScouting on Gohan. Like yep. it has made it it has made it awesome. And I can tell you, for me, I'm headed into, you know, I got a I have a really good tag in my pocket, New Mexico Elk again the hunt that trail and i did mm-hmm. You and i went back there what six years ago yes yeah, from a look, hot minute <laughs> it's been a while so to look at that historical imagery there's mm-hmm. been a new burn yep there's uh, things have changed and i have been grinding the historical imagery to look at okay six years ago this is what we were doing this is what was going on now i can look six years you know over the the last six years of history and understand how you know make my best guess into what it's going to what, what it's going to do to the elk this year. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's given me so much confidence going into that same spot six years later.
2: Yeah. It's so great. Like this is something I've been wanting for a longest time. And like you said, most hunters, we we know how Google earth works. Yeah. We know the power of historical imagery, or if you don't, you know, we'll probably dive in here in a little bit and give some examples of what you can do. But like, it's very similar setup to, you know, what you might've custom on or what you might've seen on Google earth, you know, it has the same sliders type type stuff so mm-hmm. once you jump on there and we should mention too this is web only web only yep so like and i, I love that part of it too because i love having a big screen like east up out to me is all about having a giant screen so i want to do all my homework my research right now i want to know yeah. what that unit looks like like the back of my hand before i go well it's hard to digest on a phone on a phone right yeah. it's like only
0: you, a, what a five inch screen yeah, yeah you know you're, you're, you're not getting you, the power you, you can't get yeah. the breadth of what a unit is You're yeah. trying to
1: give the most power for what the feature, the tool is that we that we've just built, and it's like it's on desktop. That's yeah. where that's you where you just
0: it don't is. get the perspective on a phone, exactly. Yeah. Which makes it, it makes way more sense on on a desktop. Yeah,
2: yeah. And so, uh, yeah. So basically, once you, once you click on go home Maps on the left and have a little black toolbar, I believe it's the fourth button down on the left. There's like a little uh little
0: clock, little clock, clock little thing. Yeah, a stopwatch looking thing. Turn back time. Yeah,
2: turn, turn back time oh, travel. Turn back time.
0: Did Try you want to? Wanna, did you want to sing a song right there? I know the I know the <laughs> lyric went through your head. Uh, a singer. I don't do karaoke. I I don't, share? If I could turn back share? time, I think it is share. I think
1: it is share.
2: God, I love
0: share. <laughs> oh, wow. You're dating yourself. <laughs> She's still alive? <laughs> yeah, song by share right there. That's there who go. it is. If you could turn I back time, you guys didn't hear that lyric when I said that uh, in your head? Yeah, we well, could so name
1: this feature did. share.
0: <laughs> we could we could name this podcast if you could turn back time. <laughs> Perfect. Oh. Here we go. Oh. with share? yeah by proxy yeah so once, once
2: you click on that uh, little icon on the left you can get a little pop up that's gonna say historical imagery and then like i said it's just basically like google earth you have newest imagery on the right mm-hmm. oldest imagery on the left and then as you zoom in you'll start to get more um, little boxes that you can click on. They'll be like little boxes, which Google Earth had those little lines. Mm-hmm. You always knew what the historical imagery was based on the line and then there was a gap in between. Yep. So you tap on one of those lines or push the right and left arrow once you're up on, on top of there and you can slide back and forth through that or go newest to oldest or go you know oldest to newest, to newest. on the left. Yep. And uh, so yeah, the imagery will change. And as you zoom in, you'll get a little bit more boxes. So you can get a little bit more- uh, Detail. More detail and more years out of that. Yeah, which which, awesome, I, which I think is struggle image, you need to be zoomed in pretty far anyway to actually see some of the details. Like, you're not going to, you know, zoom out to a whole state level and be like, no, all right, we're trying to do this. You can't, you can't see anything. You have no, get to be in e scouting mode. This is one of the final in.
1: three steps of finding those. You know, you're e scouting, you're trying to pick the three or four best spots within the unit you have a tag for. This is mm-hmm. kind of that, the last, you know, one to three steps of, okay, this is where I'm going. Yeah, like, that's so, what you're using them for.
0: Since we're on the topic, let's talk it out. Let's talk it out. Let's flush it out. Like, why are you so excited about? imagery for time over time
2: because like, imagery is everything historical imagery historical imagery is everything what are you
0: using it for oh
2: so i like it i like to use it for a lot of things like i might use it for let's say let's say an area you know a big big mountain range and let's say whatever reason your mountain range has a little bit bunch of snow on it on the imagery on the on the Normal imagery, just that wherever we get our you know just, data from.
0: Yeah, we should say it's a snapshot in time. Snapshot so in yeah, time. Satellite flyby. Satellite flyby.
1: There are vendors out there who offer satellite imagery, and you can go out there and purchase it from them, just like everyone does. Yep. And whatever imagery you purchase, you get, that's yeah, what you have. That's, that's what you're stuck with.
2: So there's some some mountain ranges across the west, whatever, that might have snow on them. So now historical imagery is going to allow you to go back in time. Or a cloud cover. Cloud cloud cover for the most part. some areas do. Thing. You can see that all the time. Yeah. Yeah, and then now you can go back and get rid of that snow. That's mm-hmm. the first one, it's really great. I've been using it a lot lately on, uh, on burns. Yep. Just basically, I wanna see what that, what that spot looked like before the burn, and I wanna see it transition through. Because if you look at it right away at a, at a, at a burn, you can't really tell how nasty it is. Like, mm-hmm. it just looks like a burn. But if I can go back through and figure out, all right, when this burn started, by using the layer on the wildfire layer, and then I'll switch back over to historical imagery, and then go back transition through. I can see how that burn is transitioning over time. How green is it getting? Is it is it an area where that three years is, is prime, or later on, are more of the down timber starting to fall through, till what uh, to the latest newest imagery? But also, I like to think of that too sometimes as. Uh, like figuring out areas where people just don't want to go. Yeah. If I can figure out, if, if, right? <laughs> if I can figure
0: out, you like some Jack straw. Yeah. If I can figure yeah. out how nasty that burn is coming in handy. Oh, uh, man. High, yeah. High stepping. Cheating.
2: If I can figure out how nasty that burn is, I can assume it's probably gonna be nasty for me. So maybe I might want to skirt around it or whatever, mm-hmm. but if I want to go right, right to the middle and other people are starting to see that same thing, I'm like, wow, I'm not probably not going to go through there. Yeah. I want to go through there because I know, you know, it's no secret burns are great for hunting. So you can just kind of like, Use it for so many different things: blow down trees, beetle kill areas. Starting to look at that, and just look for water a lot of times too. Water in the high country, as most people know, is everything. It's mm-hmm. backcountry gold, and so you can use historical imagery, kind of like go back in time with some of these high country bases. Like, oh yeah, the vegetation all around is burnt, but if I go back to a certain time frame, I can see a little sliver of green yep. up on the mountain. There might be a little spring right there. Mm-hmm. Or trail was doing the other day, looking for looking for wallows.
0: Yeah, I use it all the time looking for wallows. Yeah, in, I mean I'm an elk guy. <laughs> you get that leaf off imagery. You so, can yeah, really start finding I, I spend some a, wallows. I spend a lot of time looking for water because elk need water. I mean they four gallons a day, they need it every day, especially through that rut. And I'm always looking at for wallows in water. Mm-hmm. and water and it's great, aerial imagery, historical imagery is great because you can re- literally go back in time and you can look at the landscape over time to see what a water source is doing. You can see if it's dried up, you see if it's a holding tank, you can check the month that the image was taken, be like, okay, was there water in that holding tank in yeah. September? Uh, and you can kind of go back through and then I can also compare that with like our current weather you know, data and look mm-hmm. at the precip and kind of gauge on whether I think an area is gonna hold water. But I would say, That's a huge one for me. Like As an elk hunter, water's everything, and I'm using historical imagery all the time to look for water and and feed. Feed. I think, I don't know if people look, I mean, an elk or mule deer, they gotta eat, they're gonna like green, especially early season, they're gonna be putting on as much weight and putting as many calories in their system as they can as they prepare for the winter and for the rut. Feed's a big one. Like, you can really go back through er historical imagery and and look for feed and find those pockets that are the greenest later in the year. Yeah. So I use it all the time. I can tell that. you one of my
1: favorite things for it. It's kind of like the my very last step, but like this elk hunt I'm going on or the, the unit I most primarily hunted in Utah was, was a burn unit as well. How long ago did that burn? When was that? That no, was uh, 2015, 16. 16, 15, 16. 16. I was going to say 16. So a lot of the times in burn imagery, it's, it's really hard to tell, like, the true burn, and then the trees that are just burned but not killed. Mm-hmm. So, like, you can really follow up and see, okay, where are these, these green timber patches when they liven back up post-burn? Mm-hmm. Like, if you can find that green timber patch, dark timber, in the middle of a burn, mm-hmm. that's like, I get super jacked up about that. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, I remember in, in Utah in that burn, you can find these little slivers of, of live timber that made it through the burn somehow. Usually it's around water, obviously. Um, but they, they look burnt. The year it happens, but you start going forward two, three years and they green up like almost immediately. Mm-hmm. That dark timber in the middle of a burn has seemed to lead. To a lot of elk for me, yeah. Finding we, a lot of elk. For we him. talk
0: a lot about edge habitat, I know. Brady does, I do. We talk about mosaics and really historical imagery allows you to really evaluate a landscape for edge habitat. Yeah, hundred percent. You can overlay your burn layers and then now you can move the you know the historical date. You can kind of slide back and forth and really start to evaluate looking for edge habitat, looking yep. for mosaics.
2: Yep. One one thing I that caught my fancy way of saying when
0: I was <laughs> trying to, yeah. one thing I caught
2: myself doing the other day too because like. Like oh yeah, I just want no snow and anything like I mm-hmm. talked about earlier. But there's times on historical imagery I want a little bit of snow.
1: Well, like this year, you're gonna you kind of want it to see it with some snow on there, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like a year that had some snow, so you can understand which basins are holding and why and yep. how but it all sits.
2: E- even for some of these like later season time. so you know most of my mule deer hunts are October or I try to get you know November mule deer tags. So if I can find some of those dates, sometimes they're in October mm-hmm. where I can see some of those leaves falling off mm-hmm. and I can see that uh, you know bucks for that most part they're in the thick timber. Yeah. But if I got a little dusting of snow on that imagery or whatever reason, and I can see through those trees that there's snow on the ground, I know like, wow, I might be able to actually glass through the trees from this glassing knob because that, you know, historical imagery is kind of showing me that canopy's opened up enough where I could glass those bucks that might be bedded down in some of those areas. And another thing too, I was doing the other day, um, I was looking at trails, not like human trails. Deer trails. Deer trails. Yeah, you came into my office and showed me. I'm like, holy yeah, shit, yeah, that's you, you, brilliant. You legit, as a, you go back in historical imagery, like the, just maybe the way the shadows lie in the mm-hmm. imagery. Um, sometimes you can pick up a trail through a mountain, like a big scree field for like, you know, guys who are maybe hunting sheep or goats or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or even like sometimes you can see like elk trails and deer trails up on the side of the mountain, just natural animals moving around. I'm like, all right, well, that's pretty good. You might not be able to see it on the most recent date, but if you go back in time, just the way the camera angle is when it's taking the photo or the plane that's flying over. Like you can be able to see all that stuff
1: yeah he walked into my office yesterday and showed me that's yeah. something i had honestly hadn't thought of is like going to find those fine details like that mm-hmm. it was awesome yeah you definitely it was very can. incredible
2: and even sometimes like you go back in time and for whatever reason you know like four or five years ago maybe even seven years ago like that satellite imagery is bonkers good yeah it's just uh, like it's, crazy good for whatever reason like back in time it was i would way want more to understand yeah, why, the resolution, why, why, why yeah. the resolution that time yeah
0: I use it a lot for antelope. Same thing. Finding water. Fine oh yeah. Water. Huh. Yeah. You can go back through the historical imagery and check water holes and you can really mm. start to see like holding water, no water, water, holding water. You can compare that back, like I said, to the precip and you can really gauge what water holes are going to hold water for antelope. Yeah. hundred percent. If you're scouting for antelope, I mean, same thing with elk in a lot of ways. It's water's everything. I start with water. It's the first step I use. Very yeah. first step. So, yep. Yeah. I use it a lot for that. Um, I was going to ask you, uh, I mean, historical imagery, how, I mean, this has been an ask for us forever, right? I think yeah. we've been talking about it for a really long, for a time. long time. For a long time. We I mean, all
1: want it. It really sucks how long it takes to build shit. It drives <laughs> me insane. It literally, it drives me insane. We've got a laundry list of things we want to do, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah,
2: that we're working on.
0: But man, it yeah, takes time. P- point being, I mean, I think we all understand the the gravity of historical imagery so if it's not coming through here via i mean it was just <laughs> it, was badass <laughs> tool. it was a pretty it.
1: great it was finally handed over to us from the tech team and all of us were like holy shit it's here mm-hmm. yeah. like we're all running around the office talking to each other look what i did look what i found
0: yeah.
2: yeah pretty cool so speaking of like you said earlier that i always you know talk to my dad on the phone so uh daddy's boy yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. so, so <laughs> you <yeah>. better <laughs> call your mom after this <laughs> yeah I, I, really, I really do i really do so uh, yeah, there's probably some of my dad's friends are going to listen to this and tell, hey, Ro- Roxanne, Brady was talking about you in the podcast. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was talking to my dad yesterday because you know it's finally you know live on, on go hunt historical imagery. I was like, Dad, jump on go home maps right now. I got mm-hmm. something to show you. So I, I pulled up my dad's white tail property in Minnesota, and I was blown away, like the power of this in white tail country. Like I don't go, I haven't white tail hunted in. Look, I found out about the other day. I haven't whitetail hunted in 20 years. It's, oh, been, 20, it's been 20 years since I shot a white tail. Wow, true western guy now. Yeah, pretty, pretty crazy to think about So, like, I've never actually used this tool since we've been designing and building it and took it for over. For whitetail. For whitetail. Mm-hmm. So I went on my dad's property, started diving in, looking at it. First imagery, yeah, it looks great. I can see my dad's field. I can see how he, you know, cuts his corn, plants everything, where his stand are, because he has a big stand, like an observation stand out in the mm-hmm. middle of the field. But then I start going back in time. And I was like, Dad, you remember 2017 when you had your corn set up this way? I was like, yeah, that was a really good year for bucks. And I kind of want to replicate it. And I was like, well, you can look on Go Hunt Maps right now and see that history of how you set up your property and then think about what the success was during that hunting season based on how you planted things. Hmm. And so I was showing it, like, he was blown away. He's was like, wow, yeah, we had, the, you know, we, we had this food plot over at Bryce's area, we did this main stuff in the main field, we had these other sub food plots over here and you can see all that on, on the satellite imagery as you're scrolling through, mm-hmm. going back in time. And then the thing I really thought was valuable is I went back on the historical imagery and got to a point where it was uh, like early May, would you think, oh, you don't need early May footage at all because we're whitetail hunters? But the nice thing was again, it was no no leaves on the trees, mm-hmm. and it was kind of that dusting of snow on the bottom in so May. In th- what in May? Hmm. Like we had a lot of snow this last year, but sure. like I, I think it was, yeah, it I was early how, early how May. far north you are. No, it's, it's far north. <laughs> yeah. They got they got accents. Up there. <laughs> yeah. That's how far north it is. Yeah. So, but the really cool thing was though, we could see all the trails my dad had cut in on the property for deer travel routes. So right now I can go through and I could trace all those mm-hmm. and make little trace marks easier rather than taking, you know, walking through the, the property because my dad will not allow us to walk through the property once a certain time frame comes. True white tail hunter. Yeah. You're not allowed to enter the woods at all. You can only enter the woods in the winter. And so like right now I could go through and trace them all for him, exact trails and put that on the map. So he knows exactly where the deer routes are because he does all sorts of hinge cutting and all that stuff to like promote deer habitat in certain places mm-hmm. of the property. And I'm not a whitetail guy, but I'm just like thinking about how I know he uses it. But mm-hmm. like, there's probably way more ways you can use that historical imagery for a whitetail
1: hunter. Well, you were showing me that yesterday too. And you can see how he worked the property yeah. and what's changed. Well, then he found that May imagery and you can see the, the game trails through the woods <laughs> that he the woods. doesn't let them walk yeah. in. <laughs> like, but yeah. you would never see otherwise. No, no, and you never and see you can, otherwise because
2: always can't. Like, you can really understand discover.
1: why these fields are producing. Mm-hmm. When yeah. You start seeing how many game trails are coming through each parts of the wood into
2: that into that opening. It's pretty wild. That's cool. You no, know, so just like all these different things. That's why this tool is so freaking badass. Yeah. Like, yeah, like I could just yell right now how excited it is for like, <laughs> go for it. Yeah, it's just <laughs> all that all the, It basically opens the, the doors. You, you know? ever seen
0: heard Brady yell? I don't think I ever have. I, I just get, I'm just getting jacked up. Like
2: okay, the, the, the biggest thing right now. You I don't know,
0: know if I have. I don't think I ever have either. So,
2: so you know the saying like a picture's worth a thousand words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what's like ten different satellite imagery pictures? That's ten thousand. Ten thousand. <laughs>
0: I'm not a math guy, but uh, (laughs) like that's how,
2: that's how like much more detail you get now. You get way more. Yeah. Yeah. And maps. Yeah. Yeah, I I want more.
0: Another piece of the puzzle. You know, I mean, we talked about it with Barclow when he was here last week, but I mean, knowledge, knowledge is everything. It's just mm -hmm. one more piece, another cog in the wheel. That's just going to make it that much more effective, (laughs)
1: more successful. Yeah. Not all of us are, you know, lucky enough to be trail with a deer tag in our backyard. My backyard. You you know, it's like it, it matters for, for most of us, yeah. like truly matters for most of us. Put us in the right spot.
0: Yeah. Let's dive in. Like you've got a, te- you've got an, an elk tag. Oh, wow. Yeah. We haven't <laughs> talked about that in a podcast. <laughs> oh, we haven't? No. Brady's Brady has, a big Brady elk, elk guy.
2: And this is a big elk Guy it's, tag. It's too. a big elk tag. Oh,
1: it is a big elk tag.
2: Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I could rant for a while on that. But. What?
0: <laughs> what's the process? So you've got a tag. I've got a tag. You've you've got a tag. I got an elk tag. Yeah. How many tags? You've got some tags. I have two tags. You got two tags. I You're got two like tags.
1: I got a baby on the way. It's it's. I don't know. I'm really struggling here. Yeah. Because I know myself too. Sure. And I'm on filtering 2.0, and I'm finding second choices. All I told returns. my wife, "Hey, I'll try to be home. I'll be grounded in October." And now I'm kind of like. Hey, so the first week in October, mm-hmm. are you cool with me being gone? You good to go? I'm like, how soon after the baby am I allowed to go again? Yeah. <laughs> you
0: know? What's uh, so you got a tag? What's your first step? What for, do you do?
2: First step, literally the day you, after. You
0: see successful in your email.
2: Yeah, that was actually that was a funny story. Should we t- tell a story about yeah. Andrew the tenth. that is a very funny story. So it's good I, for you.
1: It shows you your when you use all the tools. This is what happens.
2: Yeah, make you know I, some people make fun of my strategy of how I just try to get tags every single year and then our species I don't really care about, but I think it works out really well because I have a great strategy for just piling up some baller elk tags here coming up. So I have multiple double digit points, you know, in all states. So I knew eventually I'd probably draw an elk tag in my home state and I just knew the water year was so phenomenal here Mm in the winter. It's like, it's would be a great year to finally burn those points and Mm -hmm. just start over again. So Nevada draw results come out on a Friday. I'm literally on a date with a girl. Ooh, Earlier, earlier that day. How'd the date go? Say more. It's okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> was it as good as your results?
2: No, the results were way better. <laughs> so, so literally earlier in the day, I, I did not draw a single thing. Like tag results were all red. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Didn't draw a single thing. So I'm on this date. All of a sudden I get a little buzz on my watch. It says, congratulations. You've been awarded an alternate tag. So I was like, uh, girl, I got to go to the bathroom i literally said i gotta go to the bathroom <clears throat> was oh, it was like mid-conversation awesome. mid-conversation just like i got I like, I no,
0: really having a good time i feel like the chemistry is good we're really yeah, clicking yeah, and you're we gotta, like, I, gotta I gotta leave go to the bathroom. i gotta
2: leave date's over <laughs> <laughs> no i'm kidding so i literally i went to the bathroom because uh, i didn't want to be rude and pull up my cell phone on a date you know and like scroll through my email and like get jacked up at the, at the table so i went to the bathroom pulled out my phone i was like holy shit i drew like my dream elk tag mm-hmm. you know Pretty, pretty cool. Pretty so sick. Th- uh, so, yeah, someone turned it back in, and that was the first name on it because that was my first choice. Was your energy
1: level different when you went back to the table?
2: Oh, yeah, I date? grabbed another beer. <laughs> another 22-ounce or whatever they are.
0: Was she like, hey, what happened? Yeah, what I,
2: happened? I ended up telling her. Oh, so you like, told her? Yeah, I told her. I'm, she I'm probably really, wasn't excited probably as excited as, excited as, probably as I She probably didn't I was. get it at all, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah she didn't understand. Yeah, so, so, yeah, so then literally next day, like that's, this is how like important e-scouting is to me. Like when I pick up deer tags, you, you finish the date though. Finished, you you finished didn't immediately
0: be like, you know what? No, it's yes. bad sushi I but my, have my, my, <laughs> my, but my that's mind bad was kind sushi. of other places.
2: <laughs> my mind definitely was other uh, places, which is probably not good. But so the, literally the next day I jumped on maps and started e-scouting because I want to know everything about that unit before I ever step foot in it. I want to know it. Like I said, or like the back of my hand. Kay. And the first step for me is just, just scrolling around. Just literally sitting back on my computer, my legs kicked up on my couch with the coffee and just scrolling through, just seeing what everything kind of looks like. So you, get,
0: you pull up maps. Yep. Pull up the unit. We're not saying what, what state. Nope. Not saying what okay. state. So I, didn't think I, said, I think I said earlier, but... So you over, overlay the hunt units. Which yep. is a, a layer, right? Yep. And then what other layers are the layers you looking at? Pretty quick, or you're not even looking at layers at this point. A lot of
2: times, right now, it's just unit boundary, basically. I'll, I'll throw on roads and trails. I think roads and trails are very important to mm-hmm. me because I want to get away from. You know, everyone knows I hate people. <clears throat> So I want to get away from people. Like I'll say it. You know. Do like, you have a second? I don't date like with humans. <laughs> <laughs> what? Do you have a
0: second date with this girl? Just, you just no, say, I, I, I mean, I I have a sec, sec, We not
2: have, have, have a second date because of me. I just, you should I, lead in with that. It. You're at
0: an age right now. I feel like you can just be completely blunt and out yeah. front. You're no, like, like so you know I what? Just, that's what's so great about. I just own. don't like people. <laughs> we'll see how this goes, but I'm just gonna throw you the bone. Yeah,
2: yeah. So literally, like roads and trails to me are important because it's you know I want to know where other people might be. There's not a lot of tags, too. That's what's great about drawing, you know, one of these mm-hmm. lifetime dream tags. There's not a lot of tags. But to me, it's still, like, try to get away from people. And even though, you know, I know I could kill some a bull close to the road, I still want to adventure out of it. I still want to go f- freaking struggle. It's I enjoy really the part.
0: Roads and trails is probably one of the last layers I look at. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I look at it right away. Yeah, Brady,
2: yeah I totally agree. First Brady's one I throw up
0: different. is uh, yeah, public, land boundaries. Yeah, so yeah I, I pull up
2: pu- Public, private. Well, the state I have is pretty much all... All public, public for yeah. a, lot, a lot of things. Gotcha. So, yeah.
0: yeah, that's usually even even in that state. I have a tag in the same a similar state. <laughs> <laughs> but, but 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 like right away though,
2: I just want to I just want to see what everything looks like. I'm literally like doing like a flyover. Mm-hmm. I'm literally just cruising around, looking at what the units are, looking at what the uh, you know the canyons might be, looking at all these finger ridges. You know, not really th- thinking too much about it, besides for just assessing the situation, figuring out how big it is, figuring out how I can get up there. And like I said, then I might dive in and throw some public land layers on back. Like, All right, that's confirmed public land. I'll tra- adjust the transparency down. then one thing I really love that we allow you to do yeah. is I can crank the transparency up, see it really easy from zoom W, lower it down as I kind of get in there. Mm-hmm. And then I'm kind of just, you know, I'm, I'm kind of blind when it comes to elk. So I need to lean on more experts like trail and other people to find elk, but I know how to well, find kind of like
1: blind in real life though too. I, I am very blind. Yeah, <laughs> if I took him my contact right now, I would not know who You're any of you guys were. Blind. I'm actually so I'm almost legally blind. It's so crazy, his eyesight. It's, yeah. it's wild. That's yeah, why hand, you my, like
0: hunting elk. They're very visible. Very it's visible. So I, I so love glassing big school yeah, buses. Yellow school yeah. bus on a hillside. So yeah, like
2: after I started, you know, diving around, I was just kind of looking for some remote canyons that might have some, you know, Habitat that I think I know, like a late later season bull might want to go into. because so it's a muzzle, a, it's a muzzle hunt. So it's
0: a late season tag. Yeah, So uh, well, late October. Okay. Yeah. So that's gonna that's kind of gonna gonna determine your your scouting your e scouting. is yeah. the, t- the timing of your tag and your species, right?
2: Yeah, because I know like they're not gonna be typical spots where they're gonna be running. They might be coming down off that or yeah. starting a bachelor up again or you know. starting to head into the more nasty stuff. Yeah, nastier stuff.
0: That's another good thing about historical imagery. I don't know. We even specifically talked about, but if you got a late season elk tag, and I did a little video. I I pulled out some statistic from a study that elk use a south-facing slope two times more in the winter than they'll use a south-facing slope in the summer so they're they're using south-facing slopes and they're primarily because you get that solar radiation those slopes are bared off and there's feed on it right that's another great thing about historical imagery is you can go back through and you know it's quite likely that you can find a image during that time frame, when you've got a little bit of snow on the ground and you can visually yep. see where you're bared off slopes, I and mean, yep. we've, we've got it's the huge. terrain analysis tool that we'll talk about, but you can see it. You can see what slopes are bare mm-hmm. right off the gate. You're just like, yep. There we go. P- possible. Yeah. And
2: then yeah. what I like to do too, right when I'm doing this like flyover portion, like I'll start dropping some waypoints. Like I'll just drop it. Like, you're dropping waypoints already. Already. Yeah. Like looks good. I want to, I want to reference that so I don't forget about it later.
0: Are you just dropping them on areas you think there might just, be just algae? Just areas where I
2: might, might think there's, there's animals. Yeah, Are you for using this case, polygon I'll, tool to circle nope, that? Not, not yet at all. Just, just, dropping like, just, just dropping it. Because like, if you, you know, you're flying around, you're doing all this intimate work. Like, I don't want to lose. I don't want to lose that time. Yeah, int- no int- intimate work with the date. Just <laughs> no intimate yeah. work with the old guy you got.
0: <laughs> I don't, I don't want to forget that research I like that this I'm doing. Choice of words. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. I always uh, got yeah. some good ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I, it's, it's it's intimate to me. Like you are really one with the map. You're one with the train. You need to let, actually do everything possible to try to put your best foot forward. You're taking notes on it. Yeah. So you need doing. to take notes because if I if I casually go through it that day after. Life hits, you know, I'm going to give a bunch of seminars lately and stressing all about those, like Mm -hmm. trying to prepare for it. Life hits. I can't do a lot of stuff all the time or I have family stuff going on. Or if you have kids, you know, like, so that day, that first day you're looking at it, you still want to drop stuff. So you remember it later, like, oh yeah, that Canyon looked really great. Mm -hmm. Or that little area looked like, oh, thick, nasty. Like I could see a big bowl. You forget it. So I'm just starting to like drop a few waypoints up and down some areas. And then, then I'm kind of going back through there. um, Maybe the next day or a couple days after. And starting to drop, you know, some glassing waypoints. Like, hey, this is a good potential spot. I might want to glass in the summer. Try to go up there because I am going to put boots in the ground in the summer, even though my hunt's not till later on. Like, I just want to know the roads, mm-hmm. know the trails, know the access points, know towns, know where I can get gas, um, No potential my, my camping up there. So it's all this right now, just laying the groundwork and the foundation for what's to come. And that's why I think just roaming around the whole unit on my computer.
0: What other layers are you using?
2: Uh, I'm heavy in 3D maps. Okay, so it's in 3D. Like I said, I first turn roads and trails on. I'm going to turn, uh, you know, public private probably right after that, mm-hmm. and just really dive in, and then I'm then I'm turning uh, most, a lot of times just water, water. Yeah,
0: you're looking at water.
2: Yeah, because it's, it's not like one of those migration hunts where I need to like oh, I need to turn on some migration layers or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But you know, I just I just like the basics a lot of times for some of the stuff like just this initial initial look through the fundamentals mm-hmm. yeah i'm not i'm not diving in yet trying to find exact spots or anything like that i'm just i'm just cruising mm-hmm. i'm looking at timber i'm looking at you know like you said earlier feed mm-hmm. i'm looking at trying to burn fa- layer
1: see if there was something you yep, burns
2: are big i love burns so i'll definitely go to wildfires um but i'm really just looking at habitat and that's why i think it's great to have the historical imagery tool mm-hmm. especially as an elk hunter yeah like
0: I'm, I'm kind of turning all of them as I go. So like I'll pull up the unit like you, I'll do a quick look over just real quick. Usually my first layer is public private. And then I may leave that on or turn it off depending on what it looks like. If it's mm-hmm. mostly public, I may just turn it off so that I can see the whole unit. Yep. Uh, and then I'm running down through things like fire. Usually fire is one of the first ones. And I love the fact that you can turn on your fire layers by year. By so year I'm, yeah. I'm probably gonna turn on like the first five years first yep. and just look at those. Uh, I really do like, I mean, I was looking down through our layers. You've got uh, species distribution. So a lot of these have got summer ranges, antelope concentration areas. You know, you've got winter range. So if you've got a tag like you, if it's, you know, later in the season, so winter range tag, you can mm-hmm. look at those for both, you know, mule deer, elk, even antelope. Yep. A lot of those are pretty damn accurate depending on on the state and oh, yeah. the available data. But like a state like Colorado or, um, you know, what was I looking at the other day? I'm trying to remember what state it might have been Colorado. I was probably looking at elk. Probably. <laughs> probably. I know you the way. Probably I looking think I at do. elk. But you can throw in those like summer concentration areas, mm-hmm. and like very easily see where's your summer range, and then yep. you can turn on your winter ranges. You could turn on the migration corridors and you're like putting the puzzle pieces together you're like okay here's summer range here's winter range yep. here's your migration corridors okay this canyon ought to produce some damn elk you know what mm-hmm. i mean it's it's pretty easy to, mm-hmm. to kind of put the puzzle pieces together but i'm using those i love the fact that we've got uh what was the one i was just looking at here you've got clear cuts you've got grazing allotments grazing allotments yeah that's grazing a good one. allotments is one but like, there's this like whole suite of tools and i typically like to turn on all of them, right? Away. A shit about, ton of them. But, yeah, you, but right you're talking, you're, talking, you're going
2: to a shit ton of them early in the process. Early, yeah. Okay. And then,
0: yeah, early. And then I'm addressing the transparencies. And what I'm looking for is like crossover. Mm-hmm. you know I I'm, I'm,
1: I'm, was that called a Venn diagram that's the, the circles and when they all oh you're talking yeah like when you, yeah. You the,
0: like when you catch a serial killer and you put all the different all the, yeah, clues all, on a thing just the one fine circle and you put yarn and string them together yeah, you, you, know, you just go, go right
2: is? in right once that's, that's an interesting strategy that, that's though. what
0: I'm doing yeah I'm, I'm I'm looking at everything and I'm evaluating the map the landscape from you know a 30,000 foot view I'm looking at it and I'm starting to pick apart areas based on the tag that I have and I'm going okay. There's something here. I've got a burn. I've got some mosaic. I've got a travel corridor. I've got summer range here. I've got winter range here. No. Yep. and I'm starting to like pick a pick it apart. And then like I don't I don't ever I very rarely drop waypoints. I like, know you don't. Yeah, or I mean you're change, not a waypoint change guy. I'm not a waypoint guy. But I think. I should become a waypoint guy I should become a polygon guy dropping polygons on. I've in, become in more areas.
1: over the years a lot more I used to I used to just be very kind of free-flowing mm-hmm. with it like that and yeah. over the years I've gotten way more into dropping waypoints yeah. doing the polygraph the polygon tool mm-hmm. all that stuff
0: I don't tend to forget though like I, I've never I can't think of a time when I've like thought about an area and then You know, didn't drop a waypoint, and then later on was like, "Oh yeah, I thought about that area." Like I, I tend to hold on to those areas that I gravitate to that, like I think have potential, and I'm like, "Yep, those are A, B, C, and D, you know, E, F, and G," and I'm gonna check those out.
2: But for the most part, though, what I'm kind of talking about forgetting some stuff is like that little tiny ridge line or something that really like struck it Mm -hmm. to me. I'll drop
0: them on water. Yeah, water. I don't, on I don't drop those. in a water. I do. Yeah. I. I. I mean, if I got an antelope tag, I'm dropping a, a waypoint on every single waterhole. Like when we went to Colorado last oh, year. Oh yeah, we had 60, 70 I, waypoints. Yeah, I kicked of water. you guys out. Of, a. Uh, I shared a file with you, which was, that was great. Mo- that was,
2: keep, I think I mentioned it to you. That was, I was the most impressed of your e scouting ever because he literally <laughs> gave us a giant thing of.
0: Yeah, which I shared the whole file right, yeah. and I had every single waterhole. I had sixty seven water holes that I just dropped a pin on, and you know that I think is super important for. For antelope and then mm-hmm. also for elk, I'm dropping points on on wallows, but I don't. I very rarely glassing points. I'll drop a point on a glassing point. I do glassing points, um, a lot. but I I don't usually drop them in an area that I'm like, oh, I need to go back there.
2: Yeah, one thing I want to touch on too, which you were kind of alluding to, is some of these later season hunts. Like you're saying, you're you're tossing on you know species distribution. You're talking tossing mm-hmm. on public land, migration corridors, all that stuff. Like you really can stack them. Mm-hmm. You can stack layers, and I think that's where the power really gets in. Like when you, when you're doing your level, like I do That level a little later on in the process, but like you can stack on your public, you can stack on top of that public, you know, winter range. Yep, and then you're really finding those areas that, that all that stuff crosses again, like the Venn diagram, Venn diagram if yeah. that is correct. But I'm glad your you, yarn, knew, you
0: knew that, I, but like yeah.
2: that, but like that's where I think the real power in East County when I mean, you can do all that crossover, especially if you have a super late season hunt where those animals might start migrating off the mountain and they might go down to private. Like, it does you no good if that winter range is in private and you have to hunt public? Mm-hmm. You know, but if that winter range just goes up into public quite a bit, and you said it's, a lot of times they are pretty accurate, and all that stuff crosses,
0: hey, that's a good area to check out. Yeah, use uh, use terrain analysis much.
1: I do. It de- I mean, it all depends, right? Like, my first thing is what tag I have. So mm-hmm. uh, obviously, I mean, I'm, I feel like that goes without saying. But just to, you know, for uh, detail sake, depends on which tag I have. So I have a, I have a, this year have an archery rut elk tag. Mm-hmm. So I'm not. You know right there it's september i know the dates i know what's going on i know yeah. water is going to be a huge deal i know burns are going to be a huge deal i know yeah. open country is going to be a big deal right all that stuff so that's that's primarily what i'm doing and then kind of like i spoke to it in the beginning the last three steps for me it would be terrain analysis historical imagery and then polygon like the last the, mm-hmm. like my areas that i want to hmm Does that make sense? Yeah, You know what I mean? So like uh, once I get to that level, I do a little bit of the high level stuff like Brady. Um, I'm not as free flowing as you. I don't have a good enough memory to do that. Uh, I was told a long time ago, like when you have kids, you start to realize the meaning of time. Mm -hmm. Holy shit, that's true. Yeah. Right. So like in in my, I forget things so easy. My wife wants to kill me half the time because like I'll have it in my mind Mm -hmm. and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to forget that literally seven minutes later (laughs) it's it's gone it's out out the door like it's just how my mind works so i have to like i've gotten really um i I hold myself accountable now to like drop waypoints take notes Mm -hmm. so that that doesn't happen to me i know that's that is like my personality that's what's what's inevitable so i try to fight that as much as possible um and then i get more detailed like you looking at the venn diagram crossovers but my last three steps are terrain analysis Mm -hmm. historical imagery Polygons,
0: gotcha. Train analysis.
2: <laughs> Do you want me to swear again? Is it your you fa- use that more than anybody? <laughs> more I than, know. More is that than, your favorite tool? It's one of my favorite tools. Maybe, favorite people, tools
0: yeah. Maybe people don't know what train analysis is within our maps, Go mm-hmm. hunt maps.
2: Okay, I'll just give you one. Sentence. Give us the one. What? One word summary rundah. or a couple word summary. It is everything. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh come on. He he, does. Okay. he uses it more I'll, than I'll, anybody. I'll
2: dive, I know. I'll dive in now and explain why it's everything. So terrain analysis, it's one of those tools that, like, I was kind of doing this back in the day, and I, we've always wanted it. We, you know, we got together with some smart minds, and we put it together. I wasn't the only one, but, like, a lot of smart people in this office. And what basically terrain analysis does is it's going to break down all an entire mountain. It could be coolie country. It could be flat country. Whatever it may be, it's going to break down all that terrain for you in an easily digestible manner. So it's going to break apart by elevation. You can go from, like... I don't know, a couple hundred feet to like 14,400 feet. Mm-hmm. So as you you can have those sliders. So you can take the sliders and narrow that window down. So if you know you're hunting an area and you want to hunt, you know, high alpine mule deer or whatever, you could probably crank that to, you know, 9,000 to 13,000 feet, depending on where you're at. So now it's going to highlight that in color. So you can zoom out and actually see all those high elevation areas really easily in your unit based on your like, kind of filtering. It's basically like a, like our insider filtering. Mm-hmm but on, on a map. And then you can go through and do slope. So that's going to be the steepness of the terrain. So it's broken up into different um, steepness bands. Yeah,
0: 0 to 5, 5 to 15, 15 to 25, 25, 35,
2: 35 plus. Yep. And animals are using d- different uh, different slopes and different elevations at different time of year and also different aspects at different time of year. So the third one is going to be aspects. So that's which way the mountain's facing, north, northeast, east you know, all the way through the whole thing. And there's also a flats layer. Yeah, And the flats are really good for trying to find camping spots. Mm-hmm. So everyone knows we're in the mountain, you're like, oh, it's raining out you need to find a camping spot really quick. Shoot, everything's all nasty. Well, if you have done e-sc- e-scouting like you should, you'd already had those flats marked down and potentially all the areas you're gonna be going. Yeah, it's gonna be a little bit different when you're in the field, but at least it gives you a good, really good idea mm-hmm. where those flat layers are. So I use all these, the terrain analysis tool all the time. My biggest tip, like I always talk about quite a bit and do some articles on it. I don't really like to talk about it too much because it's so juicy, but I love, Trail wants me to give information more. Just give it give all. It just to just to give it to the people. It all. Give it to the people what they deserve. So give yeah, it, <laughs> guys use podcast promo code, you're gonna get this uh, stuff. <laughs> little, little shout out. So the I, I use it for kill location analysis. I think mm. that's one of the biggest thing, or also just collecting data on stuff you see in the, see in the field. So I've analyzed over the years, all my kill locations for all my animals in you know like an October time frame, for example, or in November. I'll group those in different buckets. So I'll take all those kill locations, I'll add them to a specific hunt folder, either in one state or multiple states. And what I can go through is then I'll start manipulating the train analysis tool to figure out, okay, what slope are those kills in mm-hmm. that spot, what elevation is in that, what's the aspect. All right. Now I'll take that information. I can write that in hunt planner on my little area, of well, my kill location analysis to start to develop a data set.
0: You can extrapolate that out across the landscape.
2: So then I'm looking at, all right, well, can I extrapolate that in the unit itself? I'm killing bucks in this terrain, in this unit, but is there other areas I haven't been to before? Because everyone knows I love going one more ridge and just going further and further and further.
0: Or a different unit. Or a
2: different unit or a different state. Mm-hmm. But then also what I'm doing is starting to, to gather all that data and as I hunt more, like yeah, you, if you have a sample size of one, it's you know not statistically significant. Mm-hmm. But as you keep hunting more and more and more, that data sets growing and growing and growing and getting a better representation of exactly what you're looking at. Mm-hmm. So then I'll also look at the terrain behind those layers. And that's where I'll take the transparency of, of terrain analysis. I'll start sliding it down. Is there trees? Is there a band of trees? Is there a rock cliff? Like what is holding those deer in those areas? And then I'll start scrolling around the unit with those exact criteria entered in the terrain analysis. So it's going to highlight those areas of, you know, maybe it's 25 to 35 degrees, whatever aspect is, or whatever elevation is. I'm hiding some things, but, <laughs> um, thought you know, we just agreed we
1: were going to give the people. What and, want. Then, and
2: then I'll scroll around and start dropping waypoints on some areas that meet that exact criteria. Mm-hmm. And that'll give me a great starting point. Another great thing I do with training analysis tool is everyone knows i shine on waypoints. So every time I'm in the field, I see a deer, I mark it. Doe, buck, if I see an elk, I mark it, if I see a bear, whatever it is, I mark those animals. So that's like, I'm trying to find a, find the pieces of the puzzle of why that animal is there at that exact period of time.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Would not, you? not just assuming the deer are gonna be there. Why are they there then at that specific period of time? And are they going to still be there? I'm hunting in November. Why is that animal there at that period of time? Was it snowpack up on top that push them down to there? Is it hunting pressure? You're trying to just, you know, put together that piece of the puzzle again to try to like get an exact snapshot of that animal's life. So like every time I'm out there, I'm, I'm dropping waypoints. Let's say I want to go back to an area five years from now. I had marked, well, I saw a shit ton of bulls in the spot. Well, I got them all marked from before, pull up my train analysis tool, start figuring out exactly what elevations there were at that time of year, at that specific day they were here, maybe they'll be there again. You know, you could like what animals do is rooted on science for the most part, you know, you can just oh, yeah. assume that the animals are there, the herds there, they're there for a reason and I can extrapolate all that to find other hunting areas and that's why the train analysis tool is so powerful to me. I can highlight like maybe for my elk tag, would you suggest, you know, if I was going on an elk hunt, highlight a north facing slope? Try to get some water, try to get some bedding <clears> areas. <throat> mm-hmm. I can start fi- figuring that out just by using um, that aspect yeah. to do that. or if I'm going on a spring bear hunt, spring bear hunts over right now, you know, but like I could highlight some south facing slopes, really highlight exactly where that green grass might be.
1: let me let me ask you this though. So you left out some info, I think by design there. would you you spoke to you know if it's one animal, two animals, it's not significant enough to like draw a conclusion off of. Yeah. Do you have a data set that is proven to be significant, like it is, it is proven to. No,
2: I don't know what the statistical significance would be. It's like, when you do surveys, you have to be over a certain number and it's just, but it's like, I'm getting there. I'm definitely getting there. And then like to like. if You, you are have, noticing, you're, you're noticing, noticing trends. Okay. I'm definitely noticing trends. Okay. And that's, that's what, what, that's what all I'm to. looking at is like trying to figure out the trends. And I will take it for example, some of the stuff I've done, um, you know, with my family, we kill a lot of bucks on our family hunt every year. Mm-hmm. So I have way more data to go off there. And I was looking at that the other day before I gave that seminar at Sitka. Um, and I'm just blown away about exactly where I'm killing these bucks in certain areas and certain There's definitely a trend. There's definitely a trend of where they're kind of hanging out. And sure, you could also say the flip side, well, Brady, that's just where you're glassing more often, or that's just that's a style, where you're hunting. That's just where you're hunting. Mm-hmm. But also, like you know, you can't just say like once you look at all this data set, oh, yeah, I'm finding deer all the time on a west facing slope at this degrees of slope at this elevation. They're always going to be there. You can't just throw your eggs in one basket. You have to look at everything still but it'll give you more data to lean on when you're doing an e-scouting, trying to find that terrain. Maybe it's just terrain that you're really good hunting. Like, you really like glassing that certain direction because, yeah. you know, for yeah, whatever reason. Yeah, that's the reason. thing.
0: I mean, you grow up in certain areas. You hunt certain areas. I like sage and cedars, you know, and there's, yeah. there's deer in sage and cedars, but I can use the same tools that you're using yeah. for the same reason. You know, I, I, I can still extrapolate the exact same types of information just for a different area based on where I'm finding animals or where I'm killing animals. I mean, it's, yeah. it's not like... I don't think what you're saying is, it's not like it's a catch-all, like just you have to work from your data set and that you know people should hunt in those areas because that's where the deer are. There might be deer spread out out across the landscape in a lot of ways, but they're there. Regardless of where they are, they're there for a reason. For a reason, that's what I think
2: the biggest thing is, is animals are there on a specific days for a specific reason. And it's your job to figure out the why. If you can figure out the why, that's gonna open up so much doors for all the other units you're hunting, all the other states you're hunting, and like start to, Get well, that data.
1: And to your point too, like people saying, "Oh, that's just where you're hunting. That's just where you like to hunt." Well, well, yeah, right. Like every everybody High has five. a yeah. preference of what they what, what they're they better want to at. Hunt, what they're best at. Mm-hmm. Why would you not want to find the areas and those that'll that'll play to your strengths? Why would you not want to find those areas first? Right. Mm-hmm. Like that makes total sense to me. And then, of course, it's where you want to go.
2: And then, and then now with historical imagery. I could start to go back and look at that historical imagery. What did that landscape look like when I hunted? Yeah. What did that burn look like? Yeah. You know, it's no secret. Burns are really good for hunting animals.
0: Yeah, for fo- I mean, for folks that don't have a robust data set like you do, that have spent a bunch of time on a landscape recording, you know, every buck or deer or bull or bear that they've seen or killed. I mean, if you look... At just the studies that have been done I mean
2: wildlife stu- biology studies yeah man. I mean
0: I, I talked about it on this elk video we did I mean statistically you know studies that suggest that elk prefer slope between 15 and 30 degrees yep. and then it significantly decreases the use of a slope anything above and beyond you know 30 yep. 40 it's just too too damn steep yep. right same thing with uh, bedding cover you know that early season summer through really the rut and maybe even that time frame before snow flies bedding country, they're going to like north, northeast, you know, facing slopes. They're going to like a canopy cover of 75 to 100%. Like, I mean, that, that's just stuff that's out there. I mean, it, you, you can pull it up. You can watch my YouTube video that I did. You can watch the one that Brady did. You can pull the same kinds of information out of that. So you don't necessarily need the, the – it helps. It helps. I agree. Ultimately, yeah, build your own set, and that's, yep. that's kick-ass. And then, you then
2: you're also just confirming it, too. confirming yeah, what you're yeah. reading. For sure. But like I said earlier, though, every, a lot of this stuff is based on science, and everyone knows, you know, trail and I have a big, you know, biology background. No, I wasn't smart enough, and, and we love this type <laughs> of stuff. Like, I, that's, think, that's, I
0: think I think you were smart enough. I think that's <laughs> the point. I think the point is is you were smart enough not to go down that road.
2: I <laughs> love well, maybe, but like, that's why I did an article. So I did an article uh, December of this last year. It's called uh, "Research Your Way to Big Bucks with a Tool You're Probably Not Using," mm-hmm. and I was literally diving through how to find biology reports on the internet using you know Google Scholar. Yeah, you
0: can use that information in conjunction with terrain analysis i'm with you i mean i think terrain analysis is probably one of the coolest tools that we've got and yeah. and i mean we keep adding tools to it to make it that much more effective i mean you talk historical imagery we're all we're jacked about that i mean yeah use that in conjunction with the terrain analysis you can now look at slopes you can look at you know aspect of the yeah. slope i mean it's just a, another tool it's that's just, what
1: i that's what i find myself doing is like i probably should use it to start with like you are but once I find the areas that I like, that I'm comfortable, like I feel confident going into, I find the areas that I like. Mm-hmm. I like the glass. I like open country. I don't like deep dark timber. I mm-hmm. didn't grow up around it. It's not what I did as a kid. I mean, when I, obviously if you got to do what you got to do when you get into certain situations, but I find those areas, and then I use terrain analysis to like figure out logistically how I'm going to hunt. Mm-hmm. that area right yeah. Based or on you can find new areas yeah.
0: yeah i mean if um, you strike out it's always good to have a backup plan i mean yeah you, for sure you hunt the stuff that looks best and then you you go down to plan you might end up plan D, f. C, F, <laughs> plan f and then finally get it f. done f. yeah
1: yeah and then so I, yeah and then with historical imagery on top of on top of that has been that's awesome mm-hmm.
0: So it sounds like, I mean, you have all the tools. We've, t- we've talked about a bunch. I don't know if we want to, do you want to go too much deeper into like individual species and how you're using it? Or do you want to dive into like you actually get out on the ground and like what, what's your next step? Yeah. Well, what's I, a scouting or, trip look like for you? Oh yeah. Well, I'm kind of curious
2: what your scouting trip's looking like for your deer this year. Like what are you, what are mm-hmm. you like? What's trail your,
1: is the king of boots on the ground scouting.
2: Yeah. What are you trying to do? First thing. Find a bug. To, <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Where do you start? The, like you, you yeah. live and die by on the boots yeah boots I just, on the ground scouting where do yeah, you start with that
0: I, I mean i can look at maps till i'm blue in the face and i do i mean a lot of especially if i'm going to a new area i'll spend you know a significant amount of time looking at e-scouting and just picking out areas and i typically have got i would say one when, when i've got a plan together to go out and i'm going to get boots on the ground the, the things i'm looking for for pre-scouting uh, is it pre-scouting or just scouting i think it's just scouting because Pre- if technically you're hunting if you're not scouting right yeah, You're what is pre, pre, I don't pre-scouting. think pre scouting is a thing. I think it's oh. just scouting. But so if I'm going out on a scouting mission, um, first and foremost, the thing that I'm thinking about is glassing because I mm-hmm. think that's my primary tool to find an animal. So I want to have identified the areas that I want to scout, and then I want to have found the best glassing locations within those areas that I can cover. So i would say i'm dropping points on glassing and that's like my my primary tool for finding animals is glassing points so i'm I'm definitely going to have those identified uh the other thing i would say when it comes to scouting is um i want to make the most of my time when i actually get out on the ground i want to be at my glassing point before light I want a glass until maybe that 10, 30, 11 o'clock. And then I'm gonna spend my afternoon hours, you know, either on an ATV or in my, my truck, my 4Runner, just cruising roads and just like looking at landscape and just like looking at the, just looking, just yeah. looking at the country. Like, what does it look like? Cause it never looks the same as it does on a map. Like even, even if I feel like I've done it due diligence, e-scouting, it never looks the same. Yeah. Not, not not exactly the same it, 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 i can get a good idea yeah. i can start to like recognize features and canyons and you know but it, it just never looks the same so
2: you're covering country i'm
0: covering country during the middle of the day and then evening same thing i'm going to be at a glassing point probably an hour and a half two hours before dark and i'm going to be parked there behind a tripod glassing but those are the like the, i make the most of my time and yep, you have to morning and evening hike mid, in the dark midday hike in the dark which is another great thing about maps I mean, that's, that's the thing that didn't exist. You know, when I was a kid and growing up is that you didn't have the ability and the confidence that you have now to hike out to a glassing point in the dark, you know, you could stumble around in the dark without a GPS forever, but now that Mm -hmm. you've got everything on your. Phone, you've got your maps downloaded. I can feel totally confident having never been to an area that I can walk right to that glassing point in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
2: especially like dropping like a little breadcrumb track as yeah, you so yeah, right, nav- navigate through cliffs and stuff like that. Like you can do it during the day, you got to come back down, like yeah, for confidence levels.
0: Yeah, glassing point in the evening, I'm definitely laying down a track going in so that when I hike out in the dark, I can follow my track right mm-hmm. back to my vehicle. Or if I'm going to stay out there, you know, same yeah. thing, just find my way back. But I think. I've met, I've ran into so many people over the years, you know, they'll, they're scouting a new area. They'll go out and hike to a glassing point. I'll run into them. We'll sit there and shoot the shit. And, you know, 30 minutes before dark, they're like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to head back You know, I'm going to make it back to my vehicle. And they just want the, you know, the comp, the, the, confident, safety, the net. safety net. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hiking back to their truck, man, if you're, if you're missing the last half hour of light, like you're missing it.
1: You're missing 90%. Same thing
0: in the morning. If you're not getting there until it's already yeah. been light for a half an hour, you're poss- you're probably missing it. Especially, yeah, so especially for those big bucks because a lot of them don't let the sun ever hit their back. The first half hour and the last half hour is
1: 90% of activity. Yeah. And then you lose about, you know, a percent of every hour yeah. pre and post that.
0: Yeah. So that's kind of what I'm doing. I'm, I'm finding areas. I'm finding glassing points. And I'm hitting those glassing points hard. And I'm just putting all all my time behind How far glass. are you
1: glassing from? Uh, you trying to stay out of the areas you think are holding deer?
0: No, not necessarily. I mean, I, I try to pick areas where I can look over a lot of country. Uh, that's like my first step is I want to hit areas where I can look out over more country. So I might be looking a long ways. And then I would say on subsequent scouting trips, if I haven't found... Found a buck that I'm really interested in then I'm gonna probably move into those like little pockets yeah. and I'm gonna be closer But I'm gonna kind of save those because I want to <laughs> I want to look at them I want to kind of baby So You're him more
1: more coming from the mindset of covering country with your eyes instead of just like not For sure not disturbing the animal itself
0: Yeah I just want to find them in my binos and then yeah. typically if I can find an animal I, I'm thinking back just like on some of the best bucks that I've killed. I found them uh, From a distance so like I'm looking a long ways and I'm looking at a buck and I'm like, yeah, that bucks gonna be something special uh, I'm going to just like leave him be and then on subsequent scouting trips, if I've got him, I'm going to, am going to, well, I'm going to go back to my maps, e-scouting and I'm going to find the glassing points that are within closer proximity to that animal. And I'm going to move in there. I'm going to pay attention to wind and kind of, you know, the topography. I'm going to find that glassing point that's closer to where he's actually living. So then I can really start to pick apart his environment and, yeah. and find out where so I'm
1: Your biggest buck, that buck with mm-hmm. the split flyers, mm-hmm. you found him from a distance.
0: It, we found him. I had a buddy actually found him. That's another tip for scouting is if you got a tag in your pocket. He had an elk tag it that year. Yeah. And I just put a bug in his ear and said, hey, keep your eye out if you got a buck. He saw a buck down the canyon and was like, I think this buck's going to be something special. You might want to look at. But, yeah, we were looking, I don't know, three-quarter, mile, half mile. I mean, we were looking a long ways down in this canyon. And yeah, in the rest of the summer I spent up on an overlook where I could look down into that canyon. And then as I got within August, yeah, I started to pick apart the landscape via maps and finding glassing points down in the canyon with that buck where I could actually get down in it and find him close and then hunt him. Because it's like two different things to just find a buck and then actually find out how you're gonna kill a buck or two a bull. very different two things. very different things and you have to do you have to check both off your list yeah, yeah. you know you can't just find them you got to then find out how to find them closer and in proximity to actually make a stock and kill them mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah it's kind of a two-part deal but yeah early August you know July I'm, I'm really just covering country and trying to find that animal
2: what do you what are you doing if you don't find a buck
0: crying <laughs> <laughs> like, you, like it, ha- it
2: happens a lot it happens to everyone you mm-hmm. put all this work e scouting it looks great the train looks awesome you get out there super jacked mm-hmm. do two days of scouting and you don't find what you're looking for then what do you ever cross that area off or do you just assume that that animal's just not there on that day it was really hot out or it was yeah. whatever and there still could be potential
0: yeah i don't cross it off uh if, if i'm seeing other animals you know i'll kind of keep it in the back pocket uh If I'm hunting or scouting an area and I'm not seeing a lot of animals at all, I won't completely check it off, but I'm probably not, you know, it's not my first to go back to if I am seeing other deer. Because I've definitely hunted bucks that I've not seen on scouting trips. I've hunted bucks where you might see them one time, you might not see them again for another month, you know, even though I know full well they're there. And then I've killed them within 100 yards of where I saw them the first time. So I'm not crossing off my list, but I'm keeping track of like what other animals I am seeing. I'm keeping track of what the habitat looks like, what the water situation looks like. But like if I'm, if I'm scouting an area and I'm like, man, that looks really good. It looks really elky or it looks like it should hold a big buck. I just didn't see a buck that day. Uh, I'm not checking it off my list. I'm keeping it and I'm evaluating it based on what the habitat looks like. Cause I, I, th- I still think there's potential. There's a lot of time those bigger bucks don't ever let the sun hit them. I know like ever, yeah. ever like it's never. Crazy. Like they're ever. scared of the sun. When
1: they yeah, when they get in their prime, like that big prime, and mm-hmm. they quite they, they haven't hit the uh, kind of give up mentality where mm-hmm. they're just so big and old they don't care mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah, man, they are they are unbelievably strategic about yeah. just not being seen ever.
0: To, I think to answer your question, um, if I don't find a buck that I'm after that I really want to hunt, uh, I'm probably going back to the areas that I think looked the best,
2: looked the buckiest. Yeah,
0: they looked the buckiest or the bulliest. 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 They look mm, more... You think of a new word for that one. They I don't know what the word words. is for that, but... <laughs> they, elky. <laughs> I feel like elk. Yeah, yeah, they be they look elky. more elky. Yeah.
2: So I'm, I'm, I'm using those. What, what are your thoughts on uh, summer scouting for a fall hunt, late fall hunt? Like, would you ever go to a state or even your home state scout mm-hmm. in the summer? Um, you know, the tags like in November. What, uh, do, you, what do you think you're looking for then? Are you, are you as concerned about finding deer at that time of year when you know they might be a little bit lower? Or are you just going in there, just kind of learn the country, learn the glassing points and just driving roads and just just seeing the unit? Like what would be your strategy there?
0: Yeah, I'm not looking for, for, I'm from Southern Utah, for, 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 for. <laughs> Instead of four. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm not looking for deer. Maybe there's some resident deer, you know, or a resident bull. That might be a little bit out of his element, you know, and he might just hang out year round in, in some lower stuff. But I'm not necessarily looking for that animal. I think if it's a late season hunt, I'm mostly just looking roads, trails, glassing points, and again, I'm still looking for country that I think looks the best. Yeah. Uh, and then I think I probably in those types of hunts, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna put my scouting days not midsummer. I'm gonna put my scouting days five days before the opener of my hunt because well, I want. What them. if you can't? You just a new <laughs> job. <laughs> New family, I don't know what you need, but whatever you got to do, you got to get there a few days early to do some scouting, especially on a late season hunt. I feel like it pays dividends, but there's not as much you can do if your hunt is a late season hunt and you've got time to scout in the summer. It's definitely harder. I prefer to put my scouting dates right before the hunt starts, but you can still go out there and learn, and I'm going to. I mean, the tag I've got is a late archery hunt. It's a November rut hunt with a bow. So those deer, they're probably not going to be down there where they're going to be now, Yeah, but I'm still wanting to know the roads, trails. I still want to see what the landscape looks landscape like if looks I can. Like, Cause
2: you might be able to go out there and like, oh, that was a really great glassing spot. Mm-hmm. And you might be higher because you, you're curious and want to see some deer, but then you look way down below where that winter range stuff is, and you're like, okay, oh, yeah, there's some good spots to go to Yep, and then drive, you know, get down into the the winter range area and check that out.
0: Yeah, if you can. Yeah. And again, I, th- I think those late season hunts, in my opinion, I think, I think e-scouting can become even that much more important, yeah. if I'm honest, because I think yeah. it's easier to pick out. Porter's
1: bulls. Porter's late-season Nevada bull was a, was a great example of that. Yeah. Porter did an amazing job of the pre-season scouting. Mm-hmm. So he went up during the rut. Obviously, that's when you're going to lay eyes on the most mm-hmm. bulls, making noise or with cows. So he got a really good um, look at the inventory of like, what does this year look like? What kind of bulls are here? What are my expectations, Mm -hmm. right? Like what should they be? Did a really good job of taking inventory of bulls and we had a a great idea of like, okay, anything over this this number, like Mm -hmm. that is worth this tag this year. They had so much inventory of bulls. So we felt comfortable there. And then, you know, October, all of October, we basically just did e-scouting constantly. It was Mm -hmm. all about finding that late, where are they gonna pull back off to? These canyons, that canyons, terrain analysis tool, aspects, all that stuff. And uh, yeah, we found we found the bull. I mean, he he and Brandon found the bull the first day they went scouting. Mm-hmm. Like The bull we wanted to kill. I mean, it worked incredibly well. It was inventory of what to expect, and then e-scouting on, okay, here's where we think these bulls are gonna pull off to based on where they're rutting. Yeah. And what do you know? First day, we had them found up and yeah. we killed it.
0: I think maybe we skipped a step. I want
1: to, I want you are from Southern Utah Mm -hmm. and you say fur. Mm -hmm. You don't say seen and saw differently though like oh southern yeah utah, that one that one was really i, I wanted to yeah. jump in and say that I've but i don't him. want to yeah yeah that one's we, never gonna work for we me we were out there and we seen two bulls yeah we seen two bucks i like,
0: might say crick and fur but what, what
1: is with what the scene
0: uh, instead I, of saw i got no clue i was gonna one, press you i'm drawing the one. line at scene you can't you, come on you can't <laughs> be saying that we seen two bucks <laughs> yeah i saw i seen two yeah seen and saw i do know the difference between those <laughs> yeah, okay good. you are from southern utah yeah that's true and i yeah born and raised it's that's such a weird southern utah Do you know where
2: the seesaw is yeah of, so course, not, of course man to your yeah.
0: <laughs> let's go back i, I maybe we missed this st- i don't know if we missed it or not but what at what point does uh d- calling a biologist calling a game warden calling a taxidermist that lives in the area uh hunt forums uh google what mm-hmm. what point like what what does that play in your scouting regime hmm. everyone knows my thoughts on some of this stuff
2: but I'll go through it a little bit right now. I have never once in my life called a biologist. Why never not? once. Why not? I don't know. I just figured they don't want to be bugged because I don't want to be bugged. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, there is something to be said. Yeah. I've done I, like, I've done it one time.
2: Like, I don't ever lean on that. But I know when I'm talking to you, you know, it's a really good strategy. We've done some articles on it as well. But, like, to me, I just think that information they're giving is the same they're giving everyone else. Mm-hmm. So, sure, it could it could open the doors if you've never been there before. It's a great, possibly a great starting point if you're just trying to find a animal. If you're not trying to find the biggest animal ever, you just want to go hunt and have fun, sure. It might be a great strategy, but to me, I'm just like, gosh, I don't know. I lean on friend networks a lot more. Mm-hmm. So, for like this bull tag, you know, I'm very secretive of where I've drawn tags. And even this office, I said, there's a lot of people in here that don't know the exact unit, and I probably will never tell them. Mm-hmm. But like other people I know who, you know, I talk to a lot more. Like I've started to ask around, like trying to get some Intel from friends who are willing to give it up. Cause it is one of those, you know, more coveted tags, like a a tag like this. If someone else drew it before and wanted to reach out and find yeah, they're that out, I'm not going to draw it again. Yeah, I'm not going to draw it again. I would, I would probably help them out a little bit easier yeah. because it's such a coveted tag. Even if you wanted to blow up that unit, you couldn't, there's you couldn't. not enough tags. Yeah. And so, and so like, I've been leaning on some friends, some outfitters, you know, even how, talking to, you know, taxidermists is a great, or great tip as well. Like they talk to a lot of hunters. You know, if you get friends with one, like they might be willing to you know, share more information as long as you're sharing some more information, too. I mm-hmm. think it can't be a one-way street when you're trying to do a lot of stuff because you know, if you're just always the guy who's asking for information but you're never giving it, yeah. what kind of person are you?
0: Yeah. yeah. It's, I've, I tell people to call a biologist. I tell them to call a game warden. Um, it's interesting that you don't at all. I never have, yeah. I would think you would even just to the, to the effect that whatever they told you, you just cross that off your list. Yeah, not not like cruise, cruise. Not, yeah. yeah, that's not, what I not use not to
1: go there. Forums and all that stuff, that's mm-hmm. that's what I use that for to not go there.
0: Yeah. I actually spend a lot of time so if I draw a tag like I have, maps, first step. Usually my second step I would say before I ever get a boot on the ground is I do cruise. I just Google Google the yeah. unit name. It'll pull up a whole bunch of different forums, whether it's you know Hunt Talk or Monster rocks, Muley's. Rock Slide, Monster <laughs> Muley's. Some of the best stuff's actually in Monster Mealies. A lot of it's dated, yeah, like really dated. Stuff, the, there's some good from the stuff, late man. 90s and the early 2000s, but there's you have to read a lot of threads to go down through. And it's, I mean, it's full of people saying, Hey, you know, welcome to the forum. You're the first post, you probably shouldn't post this. You know, yeah. you should earn, yeah, you, earn your like, keep or whatever. Exactly, but, which I hate that, but um, yeah, I mean, every once in a while you'll find a nugget, and sometimes yeah. it's just identifying an area like, Hey, I hunted this two years ago. You know, you might want to check this area. And I, I copy and paste all those. I put them in a document and I do check them out. Like, you know, maybe maybe it's false, maybe it's not. You know, I, usually I'll compare it back to my maps and my e-scouting yeah. that I've done on my own and see if it makes sense to me, uh, but I do do that and I make a pretty robust set of notes. Um, One other thing I do is I make, I run through, a lot of states have like biologist job completion reports. Wyoming does a great job at it. Nevada has got where to hunt sheets for Mm -hmm. each unit. And they give a little bit of information about uh, kind of the migration, you know, the time, where deer are, where elk are, depending on the year, and it's pretty general for the most part. But, but there's a
2: lot of gold information, like I said, there, the Nevada's there like hunt status book. Like yeah, that's a really, really good one.
0: Nevada's hunt status book is good. Um, I think Colorado's got some YouTube series where their biologist, yeah, really, those are their game warden is sitting there and he's talking about the unit. And a lot of the times it's pretty basic. You know, it's yep. it's not stuff that you're gonna hang the moon with, but there's nuggets and it's like just one other little piece that I put in my pocket and just yeah. put it in the back of my mind or in my notes section to kind of add to everything else. But I do. Yeah. One thing I tell people to call biologists, I think you get you get out of a biologist what you put into it. So it's just like general advice, having been a biologist, having known a bunch of game warden buddies and biologists, if you call those guys outright and you're just like, hey, where should I go hunting and have a tag? They're just gonna give you some general areas. They're gonna say, yeah, typically some elk and blah, blah, blah um the more you prepared you can be going into that call the more e-scouting you've done you've picked out some ridges some access some roads anything it is that you can give them to show that you've done it due diligence before you called them the better they're going to be it's kind of open mm-hmm. the door to the conversation
1: yep totally agree yeah
0: and if you got boots on the ground before you call them even better because you can start to really say hey i was out there on the unit last weekend i was up on this road and this peak glass into this drainage you know i was kind of thinking about hunting it what do you think and usually they'll say yeah it's a great option or no have you thought about yeah you know x y mm-hmm. or z mm-hmm. um i think it's a good tool i think i don't think it's i'm like you i think they give a lot of general information gen generally and they talk to a ton of people so yeah. they're typically giving the same type of information a lot of biologists i think they know their unit they may not have hunted their unit and they may not really even be a diehard hunter. A but then, lot, but a they lot might of them are they, they might they know should. where they've
2: seen pressure too. Like, Oh yeah. yeah, this trailhead has, you know, 15 vehicles in it mm-hmm. the first week. Yeah, of the And that's
0: a great question to ask. That's like I said, the more drilled down specific you can be with your questions to biologists, the better information you're going to get out of it.
1: Yeah. And to you saying that, like not everyone is fortunate enough to have the hunting networks like we have, right. We've mm-hmm. all grown up doing it. We're in the business. Like our network is it, it Honestly, is unfair to to most people, right? But the the one outlet that they have is the biologist mm-hmm. and the wardens. I had a very good experience before a go hunt. You know, I was one of the lucky assholes that drew a. Desert bighorn sheep tag in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. And I had never hunted outside of Nevada, Utah, Colorado. Like I had no network down there. I didn't know anyone. And I had an amazing experience with the biologist there. I mean, granted it was a sheep tag. Some people could say that's why it was such a good experience. But yeah I mean, I, I had amazing conversations with the biologist. I actually ran into him mm-hmm. uh two days I was out there scouting before the hunt two days. Him and I ran into each other and I said, Hey man, I've been the one calling you the last couple months. I was the one asking you all the questions and I I had an awesome experience, and he gave me the nugget that I that I took most, which is, hey, most people with this tag are going to go to this mountain range that has the most sheep. Yep. But there is sheep in this mountain range. Well, I went to the secondary one, right? I only had one I only had one friend helping me. Um, you know, on a sheep hunt, that's not really the best outcome. Is when you only have two sets of eyeballs, especially desert sheep. So I'm like, man, if that's where everyone's going to be, I don't want to deal with that and compete. They're going to have 15 people out there with each one of them, mm. right? They're probably going to have guides with them, all this stuff. Like, I'm going to go to the secondary spot that he told me. And then I asked him one more question. I said, hey, I'm having a hard time finding these sheep on the south side of the mountain. It's like, okay, when there's lions on there, they're going to push to the north. That's where all the cliffs are. Hmm. And we have a real bad lion problem in there, so that could be what's going on. Well, I went to the north side of the mountain, turned up the band of rams, and shot my ram out of it. Right. It's like he, it was... The whole way through he he set that hunt up for me and like yeah. it was it was awesome
2: yeah that's before i had a network so that's what i had to do mm-hmm. can, can i do a shameless plug yeah sure i got some shameless plugs so one of the things too that like we, you're talking about dropping notes and stuff like that mm-hmm. and that's why like when you're, whenever you're talking to a friend or a biologist or a game warden or whatever like this is where like utilizing hunt planner and having your little hunt and dropping the notes in there is key even on forums I've dropped links. Hunt Hunt Planner in your insider account. In the insider account. Yeah. So I I will take literally links from forums, links from other sources of the internet. I'll drop PDF links to like that Nevada Hunt Stats book or whatever I'm looking at, you know, Mm -hmm. for that state and drop it in there. That way it's all saved in one central location. Yeah. That way it's literally going to be my plan for this tag and dropping all that source of notes in there. If I have a Google Doc somewhere else, I'll link that Google Doc in there and make that, try to make that my one source of all truth, knowledge, intel, everything then on the same topic too of like gaining intel of units unit profiles on your insider account yeah once you once you start reading through a unit profile and getting the synopsis of what's in the unit the terrain you know some general access information you know and it's not hot spotting anything but just looking through all that and looking through the data and looking through how many hunters are surveyed in that unit and then dropping down Mm-hmm. and checking out the comments.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. The comment section of it. The
2: comment section is where you can find a lot of gold. And a lot of guys aren't, you know, not going to give out information for you on, even though it's Insider and, you know, everyone's paying for it. You're not going to drop every little nugget, but they might say just something a little small that, like, ticks you off, like, oh, I didn't think about that. Laria. Or you can comment to them and say, comment. hey, yeah. if
0: you're willing to chit-chat with me about your yeah. hunt, yeah, can or, I reach out to you? Or yep, what I've seen, a lot. seen
1: quite a few times is, you know, somebody was lucky enough to draw the tag two years later, they're like, you know, they're not going to have the tag again for a yeah. very long mm-hmm. time. If ever, man, I would love to go with you. I loved hunting that so much. Like I'll meet mm-hmm. you out there. I'll go with you. It's, I've yep. seen that happen quite a bit on insider, which yeah. is really cool. To yeah. See. It's
2: really cool. Like the level of, you know, friendliness yeah. that our insiders have and willing to give information, yeah. especially on those tags that are coveted. You know, you're probably going to get that a lot more on coveted tags. Of course. If you're like, Oh yeah, I'm going to, you know, Montana hunting general, general elk, you know. Give me, give me your spot right now. Yeah, no like, one's
1: going to jump on there and say, "Hey, come with me. I'll show you all the spots."
2: Yeah, like that's going to be a little oh. bit harder. But like a couple of tags, probably. But you can still probably gain some intel.
0: You ever, Maybe. you ever slide into somebody's DMs?
2: Oh yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Didn't he? <me>? Oh yeah. <laughs> Not no. what you're thinking. Oh, you're single. Don't think about it that way. <laughs> okay, I, I was just
2: thinking if any girls have slid in my DMs. I'm like, no, they really haven't. But, but they, should. Yeah, they, they should. They should, though. Ladies,
0: ladies, ladies. We're no, but, but
2: another good thing though too is like you're talking about scouring the internet and just using everything as a toolkit. Like there is some good stuff on, uh, you know, like Facebook. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of hunting groups on there. There's a lot of intel, and like sometimes you have to join to be a mem- like a member of the group or whatever and do it. But if you just want to go on there and read, like there's a lot of stuff that just people. Just give, I, out. just give out sometimes yeah. that they probably shouldn't give out. And sometimes I'm like, gosh, yeah. dang it. Like, why are you talking about that? That was, you know, spot I had hunted before. Mm-hmm. But like, you can just read through it. Just casually read through if you want to comment. But like just watch out what you're commenting and asking about, but yeah,
0: I have before. And it's not necessarily even to people that I know that have had the same haunt or unit that I've haunted, but I know that they live in that state and they know the state. And typically I reach out to them and say, Hey, do you know anything about this unit? Yeah, they will be like, Nope, but I got a buddy and, and it's kind of, you know, second or third party and it kind of trickles down, but I've gotten some really good information from guys. And again, I would always tell people, I think this is the reason why I'm like, I feel, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm pretty good about sharing information with people and I feel like I get it in, in returns. Like maybe it's karma. Um, when I
2: was at the Sika seminar, there was mm-hmm. a guy who was there as an insider. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, yeah, I talked to Trail quite a bit. Oh, really? Like he even com- yeah. I can't remember what his name is. I feel horrible. But, like, you yeah. comment that he's talked to you before that about is karma. response
1: I try to do the same. I don't have nearly as much knowledge as you do throughout the West. But, like, I, I try to do the same. And it does feel like karma that it returns.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I just, you know, I hope that it comes back, right, if yeah. I get yeah. some out. And, again, I try to... You know, some stuff, general season dairy unit. I try that's to rough. kind of hold yeah. my own little pockets as close as I can. I'm still not very good at it, but, like, you know, I, I feel like you give and you receive, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, like, what Brady was saying, right? Just be a good person, right? If you're person. the one that's always yeah, asking for spots. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's why I never ask anyone because I don't really <laughs> you, give. That's true. <laughs> but if
1: you're the one constantly asking and never giving anything up in return, the the biggest, I can think of four or five different uh different times where making friends on the mountain with somebody who has a different tag than you Mm -hmm. has led to something absolutely magical. For sure. Big Landon Floyd, Mm -hmm. Lando Floyd. I mean that shout out Landon Floyd, shout out Landon (laughs) Floyd. He's such a nice guy though, right? Mm -hmm. Like him and my uncle, they're such nice guys. They made friends with elk hunters. They found elk for them. They found a deer for Landon. It's like, that's a lot of the times just being friendly with people and offering information. I mean, you don't have the tag, right? Mm -hmm. So like, why not? And it does seem to, in return lead to a lot of very good things yeah.
0: you know who else i've called and i've had pretty good luck with is uh range cons that work for federal agencies like the blm or the forest service uh, when i had the mountain goat tag i talked to a forester and i talked to him about the unit that i'd drawn and he was like you know two days ago i was in this drainage and he's like i saw a six goats and he said mm. there was you know three i think were probably pretty good i think he thought he was looking at billies at the time it turned out i think they were nannies, nannies but yeah. but at the same time like i did, i got information from a guy that was just in there 2 days prior to when i went in so i mean th- there's all those little things that maybe you don't even think about you know forest service blm forest they have, service, they have yeah. biologists absolutely they've got range cons they've got natural resource specialists uh, my neighbor that lived steve barker just lives down the road he's a blm range specialist that guy's out on the landscape way more yeah than I am. (laughs) I mean, he's out there all the time, you know? And I remember he, he gave me a tip one time on a big buck. He's like, Hey, I was out working on a habitat treatment. It was August down low, low country, cedar sage. He's like, I jumped a really big buck. Um, you know, I went back and looked for that buck and I didn't turn him up, but I had, I had other bucks that I was hunting, but I kept that in my back pocket. Yeah. So there's all,
1: all those little avenues. I got two examples of that. Mm -hmm. So last year was one of them. I was helping clay, uh, had a guy in Colorado with a, with a, very good tag in Colorado. And I was out there scouting before Porter's Hunt had started, and I was helping Clay in the meantime. And we made friends with, uh, they were mining or doing some forest work on one side of the mountain. And he came down, He, you know, we had been in passing for the last two, three days in a row, talked to him a couple of times, just being friends. He's like, man, I just saw a really big buck. with." He had these things coming out on both sides. More <laughs> like, things. okay, so clearly he's not a hunter, so what does this mean, right? Like yeah. he has these things coming out on both sides. Well, we didn't turn him up. That day that he said he had saw it, but Clay had a sub guide taking a hunter into there when the next season started. They killed that buck. It was 190 inch four point with cheaters, cheaters. on both sides. Yeah, it was came from a, a guy. I can't remember what they were doing if they were foresting, mining. I can't can't quite remember. Mm-hmm. That was that's the most recent example of like just talking to people, anyone yeah. that crosses your path. You just, Hey, you know,
0: and I think you I think, I think you have to kind of vet it out when you, 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 well, you just don't know. Yeah. You don't, you don't, you don't know. know exactly. Somebody might tell you, Hey, yeah. I saw a big buck and you know, you kind what's of, what's big. And I hate yeah. to say it, but you might have to kind of assess the person as you're looking at them. You know, yeah. what, well, what exactly are we working with? When here? this
1: guy said he has these things coming yeah, off that's both sides.
0: A, I'm like, okay. Oh, all right.
1: He's clearly not a hunter. So is this like a 150 buck with just something going on or what it, what is yeah. this? Right?
0: Yeah, but, I mean, but, if, but if he's got things coming off the sides, it's he's probably a, a big deer. He's a, he's a buck worth and they, looking at. And they, he's got some I age. Mean,
1: it was, it was you know, a couple inches on both sides, and they ended yeah. up killing the buck the next season. Yeah. Big old heavy four point with, with cheaters. Yeah. It was awesome. And then another one in Nevada, the railroad guys mm-hmm. in Nevada, when you hunt those desert units in Nevada, there was, oh, this is a while back, pre go hunt as well, um, talked to a railroad guy, and he clearly knew big deer. I mean, he was talking, you know, G1, G2, G5. I'm like, yeah. okay, this guy, this, he knows what's up. And it was a big-ass deer. I never ended up killing it, obviously, but it was, had big old inlines, and it was a big deer. And yeah. he's the one that told me right where it was. Got trail cam pictures of it, but I never ended up killing him.
2: Right. <laughs> what, what about uh, you're hiking on a trail you know, it's summer, hiking up, see some little granola hippie hiker come down. Yeah, I think asking them still can be very valuable. Be like, hey, man. You just got to play nice. Yeah, well, yeah. no, no. Here's, 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 here's Usually here's,
0: if I hear them coming, I can hear the bells. Oh, going yeah, the dinner bells? Got their for bear the... bells. Yeah, then yeah. I, I whip out my chacos out of my backpack. Throw, throw them on. Throw, throw those on. on. Yeah, Get my trekking like, uh, poles out.
2: You could casually roll up and be like, hey, I'm looking for taking photos of deer, which you're really not lying because you're digiscoping in the summer. <laughs> so you life. are taking life. photos. You're a liar.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: looking to take some photos of some animals. Have you seen any you know, deer up here? Oh, yeah, up there. Yeah. And then I want to give Christopher Neville a shout out because I'm assuming he's done this technique before. It sounds like it's right up his alley. I've kind of done this before, too. What about going to the local bar? Oh, for oh, sure. Oh, Neville's definitely done that. Local, local bar, just sitting down, talking talking the shit with some, some I, guys. I, 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 don't if I find if, the oldest guy in there and be like, hey,
0: man. I don't know if I should say this, but the moose hunt we went on, the guy that I went with, the area that we went to came from that guy sitting in a bar, talking to a guy, and the guy was like, man, I used to guide, you know, yeah. moose. And he's like, shit, I got an area. He's like, you'll both kill 60-inchers, guaranteed. And he's like, guaranteed? He's like, absolutely guaranteed. And that came from just him sitting at a bar shooting shit with a, so a guy. So you're just buying
2: him drinks to
0: have yeah, him talk buying to you? Drink- no yeah, long. yeah. Be I friendly? Got a,
1: I got another story about this. I'm the story guy today instead of you, Trey. Yeah, I love it. In college. So this is waterfowl hunting, so I'm I'm going to say everything because nobody cares and everyone makes fun of, makes fun of me for being a crazy waterfowl hunter.
2: You hot spot in good spots? Uh,
1: I'm not going to say the exact spot. When, okay. I was, when I was in college in Montana... We, you know, you travel around to all these small towns in Montana and you go hunt all these, you know, backwater things and all this stuff. Well, we were in a town north of Missoula, and there's a pretty good flyway there, and there's a really good resident duck population there. And mm-hmm. we'd been doing fairly good, but we pulled into a bar late at night. We were trying to get some food, me and my buddy Alex Busilaki at the time. And I had a little jet boat, and we had two dogs, and we're obviously covered in mud and smelled like duck water. and <laughs> Going to this bar, and there's a guy at the bar who is had a lot to drink and my buddy alex is a lot like chris porter he can just talk to anybody he's mm-hmm. one of the nicest guys on planet earth he starts joking with this guy anyways we start talking Your buddy
0: not chris right not chris okay, my buddy gotcha. alex is
1: like chris <laughs> okay they, gotcha. they can literally talk to a wall yeah and like get the wall to laugh yeah. you know what i mean that's yeah, just yeah. who they are alex more so he's just he's so funny um anyways we were in this bar in, in montana about an hour and a half north of Missoula late at night and this guy was drinking and we started talking and he's making fun of us being a duck hunter. He's like, Oh, I used to be a duck hunter. And them damn things, they taste like shit. And we're, you know, laughing with him, going out, checking on the dogs. And he tells us to bring the dogs in and we're having a good time. It's like, man, when I used to duck hunt, there's this spot right out, right out here. It's like 30 minutes away from this bar. So we pull up Google earth and we start doing it and everything. He shows us it's where the river runs and it creates this little backwater eddy. He's like, I'm telling you, Certain times of the year, that could be the greatest place ever. The hmm. like, river
2: runs it, through it. Literally, yeah. yeah,
1: literally, told us the exact same spot. Well, what did we do the next morning? We had a bunch of drinks with him, so we slept in. We went and checked that spot. It was chock full of ducks. Hmm. It's been the two best duck hunts I had in college. Came from that guy in yeah. a bar, and the spot was thirty minutes from that bar. It was unbelievable.
2: Couldn't That's believe. No, awesome. yeah. good old bar talk, man. Didn't even need like
0: a boat we need to, to go get to a the bar.
2: Oh. And I'm then he was game.
1: making fun of us for having a boat. He's like, you guys spend all this money. I, we kill more ducks in this spot. You'll never need a boat. You don't need any of this shit. You hmm. barely even need decoys. We're like, okay, whatever. Slept in, went and looked. Yeah. He was dead right.
0: Yeah. Goes to show you can't beat local. It's it really tough to beat local intel, yeah. and it just takes the right right situation and yeah. putting yourself out there,
1: you know? I haven't done that being an adult, though. That was in college, so i I'm, <laughs> I'm got a free pass yeah. going to the bar and get wasted with a local.
0: Yeah. You ready to switch gears and talk about just tips and tactics? Anything that you got for scouting? Any kind of glassing techniques? Any kind of equipment that you think you absolutely have to have for your scouting missions?
2: Yeah, I'm game. Gonna
0: do that. What yeah. do you What do you got? Any tips or tricks? Gear. Gear. What's it, what's your go to?
2: Big glass. Big, yeah. <laughs> just it's. It's literally one of those things where big glass to me is so key to what I do, and it's mainly because of, again we're getting back to like how I hunt and how I do things. Like mm-hmm. I wanted long distance glass, like you were saying in summer scouting. Mm-hmm. I love either pulling off on the side of the road, not throwing all my eggs in one basket, like backpacking in somewhere really far. I can probably do a lot of scouting from a long distance away. I throw my B T X in the 115, yeah, and just scour.
0: I love ranges. 15s. Mm-hmm. 15s yeah 15s yeah. off the tripod that's like the one thing I sold that I just absolutely I just need them yeah. back in my life so badly mm-hmm. in the summer though like
2: <laughs> I really love I going, going light and fast mm-hmm. carrying a carrying smaller backpack not, you don't need as many clothes you definitely want to throw some rain gear in there
0: what about trail cameras
2: no no I, not I, at all I, I think I maybe tried once out west to throw a trail camera I know I did some in Montana did a little bit in, in uh, Utah before mm-hmm. but uh, I don't I don't like trail cameras
1: i used to uh, shout out greg crow one of the best one of the best western mule deer hunters on mm-hmm. planet earth i ran into him in nevada and he was he's telling me he's like man i don't i don't use them because you get locked into one thing and that's not that's might be where that deer goes but that's not what he does right so mm-hmm. you you get all these preconceived things it's like I've never killed a deer on trail camera. I've only killed a deer when I can watch him go bed and watch him get out of his bed and go to wherever he's going. It's the only way he's ever killed a deer. Since that day, I stopped running trail cameras.
0: Hmm. I think they're really good to f- help you find an animal. Like you can essentially you can put it on a water hole or, yeah. you know, back when you could throw out a salt block or something like that. It's really good for finding an animal. And then it's like you're saying... Trail camera doesn't kill them. It's no. It just gives you the like. Okay, I need to really focus my time and attention in this area and and figure it out. I've had really good luck with trail cameras, but it's gotten harder. I mean, a lot of the laws you've got to have them pulled on. on 1st. You have to pull them, so
2: you have to schedule another vacation day just to go pull. Just to go pull. I could be glass. Yeah, in in a state like
0: Utah, I mean, in essence, you've got July, the point where your your buck or your bull is really put on enough growth to start to see what you're working with. Till August first, you basically got a month. Yeah. You know, throw out, I don't know how many trail cameras you got, and check them. And, and, and again, I don't think, you're not killing, typically you're not killing an animal directly from a trail camera, but it can certainly help, in my opinion, can help you find one.
1: Yeah. Well, this is it, that the story about the railroad guy. Mm-hmm. That's how I found that buck was on trail cam, the one he was talking about, and I could never kill it. Yeah. And I ran into Greg Crow, and he's like, yeah, you're, you're not going to kill these bucks on a trail cam. And chase, this is, chasing a ghost. And it completely changed my mind, mm-hmm. my entire mindset about like, yeah, finding and killing are two wildly different things. And mm-hmm. Yeah, I got a picture of it. It's cool. I know he's here, but I have no clue what he does. Yeah. I think if you got
0: some, throw him out. I mean, I don't, I, I think it's, you might, you, you might as well, you know, you might yeah. come up with something that you, in an area that you didn't even think about. You can maybe check it off your list. I, I like throwing them up on a water hole just to see, you know, but I, I'm with you. I think might if I had, if I had a day to go scouting and I had the choice between, you know, hitting glassing point, you know, morning and evening, or I just ran around putting out trail cameras all day, I'd choose the glass because I yeah. think just cover so much more ground.
2: I think, I think if you could throw them out there and keep them out there through the whole season, yeah, maybe I might be more inclined to, because then I'm collecting that more data closer mm-hmm. to my hunt. But I just rather yeah. glass. I enjoy glassing. I enjoy that style of trying to find the deer, looking at other yeah. country. Well, Seeing like, animals is fun.
1: A good point. There, too. Like Heat Jr., I just showed you guys that trail cam picture. It's in Utah. He's going to have to pull it Mm -hmm. August 1st, but it is literally 40 minutes from his front door. So why not? Yeah, that's where I'm at.
2: I I think it
0: makes sense. If you you live there, it probably makes a little more sense. Really good sense close
2: to home. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever put cameras out, like, deep in the mountains? Have you ever carried one? Oh, yeah. Like, (laughs) super far? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: What's the mentality there? I've never lost a trail camera from somebody stealing it. I'll just say that. (laughs) Uh, yeah. I, I've, I mean, just, just to see. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it is
2: cool seeing animal pictures.
0: Well, it's like, I'm saying, uh, you know, some of the areas, some of my favorite areas that I've had trail cameras. I mean, I'm a day in and not a day, but I'm half day at least, you know, in and out I'm probably three hours one way.
2: You, you tough enough to be like that guy? guy's like, I'm going to go check all my cameras at night glass during the day.
0: I've That's done that. Not sleep. Yeah, I've done that in my younger, my younger days. You're still young. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, I, I mean, there was a time when I would get off work at, you know, five or six. I would run home, get all my gear together on a Friday night, and I would leave my house at, you know, put my kids to bed, leave at 10 o'clock, and then hike all night to be at a glassing point in glass oh, yeah, the morning. Oh, the glassing I'll, point thing, yeah, Yeah, for and, sure. I, and I'll still do that, but it's it's been a while since I've went that hard in the paint. <laughs> I don't know if I could go that hard in the I, paint I did anymore. it, though, for a long time. A long time. I like,
2: but that's the biggest thing though. Like I always try to tell people like hunting season is so short yep. when it comes down to it. like your season's there, but all your work can be done now, e-scouting and boots on the ground scouting. So if you do have a weekend, maximize every single second, a mm-hmm. little, like you said earlier, run around, do all this stuff to put yourself in the best foot forward, to, you know, to tag out later, collect all that data. Yeah. another thing I think of too, all the time, like we all we do all have lives. Like, you know, you have, I don't have kids, but you guys have kids in family, man, do I. Do you? Yeah. You are yeah. telling, telling me your, your <laughs> you weekend plans this last weekend. I was like, oh, yeah. you did a million things. But like, I think about sometimes though, how much times in our life do we sit around that house and just like watch shows on Netflix? Way too much. Way too much. How many times do you think you spend doing something productive for hunting during that week? Not sometimes enough. maybe not enough. <laughs> but if you started adding up like, all right, I watched this Netflix show for two hours one night. Next time I'm going to do the same thing. Now you're hooked on the show. It's a big series wouldn't your time been a little bit better spent? I know you need some entertainment in your life. I'm not saying just be a drone like sometimes I am, but like literally <laughs> shout out Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you, you don't like people. So yeah. I'm going to ride but my, like, my do a little bit <laughs> Do a little bit more e-scouting. Mm-hmm. Do a little bit something more every single day to get closer to being more successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it's shooting your bow, like most people probably shoot their bow and shoot their rifle way more than they actually e-scout even.
0: Oh, I shoot my bow 10x more than I e-scout. Yeah,
2: but like the little things though, like yeah, a weapon is very, very important. I harp on that all the time. I know you talk about shooting your bow all the time. But like that e-scouting thing, like you can do it anywhere. Mm -hmm. I can do it in my Uber drive from the airport back home. Like I can literally be on my phone looking at something, like using that time purposely rather than being on like social media or... Doing something I doesn't do anything with my life, which is hunting. Yeah. And using those time using that time wisely. And e scouting's
1: gotten so good. Yeah. Like it actually is it is super beneficial now where for me, like with a kid now, can't imagine with three. That's like stresses me out beyond having three three boys. But like I don't I don't have that time like I used to when I was out hanging trail cameras and doing all this stuff and now e scouting has gotten so good, that's where I try to Put most of my time yeah, like you, lunch at work I, I mean granted we are in the you know it's a little easier for me i'm not going to say it's as easy as for everybody but like just at work and now we're an there you get better at it
2: you find mm-hmm. some spots yeah yeah there's always times during the day you could probably doing something to benefit your e-scouting yep or whatever hunt thing it is working on your gear list trying to figure out what optics you're going to bring yeah
0: like, yeah i think scouting yeah, I agree. I wholeheartedly with everything that you're saying. I think it's it's I think what you're saying is just a reminder like prioritize your time and just keep something when we talk, when we had John on the on the podcast just like I, the, the word I took out of that when I went home was like the guy's very intentional. Mm-hmm. Like he's very intentional about everything that he did, and probably not everything, but it, but it comes off that way. Yeah, with a lot of things that are important to his life, and like I think you can look at e scouting, scouting, you know, hunting in general, just being more intentional with your time. Yeah, like
2: I've always used the thing like be a student of the game, and John does that same thing. Yeah. John even has, has a t shirt, be a stu- like something along the lines of student of the game. Like literally. Do everything you can to benefit your life. Should we knock
0: that be. off? Be a student of the the match. I don't know. We can come We should to knock some. it we off. We could for knock it. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Any other pieces of equipment? Boots, tripods, Tripods, We're gonna have Cody Nelson on here pretty soon. We're gonna yeah. do another episode with Cody, and we're really we're gonna dive deep into probably what I think is the most critical piece of equipment yeah, that you can have is. for scouting is a tripod. Yeah, if you don't, if you don't have a tripod you should buy one right now
2: (laughs) use that 50 points you get when you use promo code podcast yeah so good
0: good tripod setup tripod head i think that's in my lifetime of hunting maybe beyond yeah i don't know if it's beyond maps but it's right up there with it because i think maps is probably one of the the biggest tools in terms of scouting scouting and and hunting e-scouting and maps i would say one of the the best gains for me has been a pair of good optics mounted on a tripod yep just absolutely changed my whole world so Um, that's one for me. Glassing pads. Another one. We got to go hunt glassing pad. I just saw it in the shop. You got one on your desk. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Folds out little, little Z foam glassing pad. You got to have that. Uh, you know, it's all about being comfortable,
1: being comfortable. You're going to spend so much time behind the glass. You're not going to have the, uh, you're not going to have the, the adrenaline break Mm -hmm. of like actually going after something. So be comfortable, set up behind glass and get comfortable.
0: There's also those little tools, like your little binocular, you know, covers the bino bandits mm-hmm. go over your eyes. I don't use those all the time, but get rid of that when I summer. think about them, they're sure handy. They, <laughs> yep. they sure make a difference. So that's like just a little piece of equipment. Uh, Even footwear on these summer scouting ones. Like I want to
2: go light and fast. Yep. I like, guess where I'll get like, you know, poor likes to make fun of my leather boots cause I'm a technical yeah, guy does. and I use non-technical boots according to him. But like <laughs>
0: in the summer, I'll throw some- It's not some, technical colors.
2: No, not technical colors. Technicolor. Man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> throwing throw some,
2: some you know trail runners or whatever like just bomb yeah. up the mountain as fast as you can like get up there get glassing get hunting or not hunting i guess or scouting but like yeah. get after it just little things like that lightweight clothes lightweight gear smaller backpack how you, you always yeah. use on these trips
0: sometimes we do a podcast and i just i'm like i just want to jump in my truck and drive somewhere and do something and this is like one of those i'm like I having know. this like overwhelming feeling of, i just want to be out in the woods man why are I we just, here right now i just want to go out and go scouting well, yeah. it's
1: just, it, we're, we're right there yeah. on the cusp too. Like we're right there of actually that July 4th bomb hitting and yeah. it gets so real. Yeah. yeah.
2: Can, can I jump back to uh, like some web scouting things for just a second? I want yeah. to we touched on like polygons. Yeah. You mentioned polygons. Mm-hmm. What are you guys like using polygons for when you're like doing e-scouting? I'm Zones. Not. Just zoning? <laughs> yeah. Just no, like. Just so, to
1: know I'm in that zone. This is
2: like oh. highlighting something that you caught your eye. Like, I want to circle that timber patch or whatever, or yeah, that zone and, of the mountain.
1: And it's like, right, there's, for me, transition zone and hunting zone. So it's like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get to that zone through this little transition. And then I know when I get there, well, I'm in that zone, like my little blue dot. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm in it now. Like, mm-hmm. this is what I saw. looked really good. I'll obviously hunt my way there. Yeah. But it's just kind of like that. Step one, step two, step yeah, three. Instead, instead of just, dropping a waypoint sometimes, you can yeah, just do a polygon. Yeah, and I'm just like, this was the area. Yeah. It's more area. of an area preview than an actual uh, waypoint.
2: Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you, I've,
1: just, I've tried to get more intentional about scouting because I, I know my personality and I forget a ton of shit literally yeah. the first second I hear it. So I just try to be more intentional about that, what I found, yeah. what I saw, what I like.
2: Yeah. I want to jump a different way again. I saw something when you were saying that. Uh, do you carry a rangefinder when you're doing boots on the ground scouting?
0: I don't. I was just because just I get in so close. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I, Wait, I don't know. I don't, I don't carry rangefinder. But like, the, I
2: assume you're measuring like, yeah, measure, measuring distances yeah. and make possible mm-hmm. shot locations. I'm a rifle guy. So sometimes yeah. it's like, even though you never probably never gonna have an animal in front of you when you're doing that, but like it's beneficial. But the other benefit I get a lot is marking an animal a lot more accurately, that exact timber patch that that animal is. Like you can use a rangefinder tool. Mm-hmm. on Go Hunt maps when you're out there like all right that buck is you know 1,400 yards away I'm glassing from a long distance I want to mark exactly where he's at yeah you can hold your phone out kind of like you know match it but use a rangefinder tool with a rangefinder mm-hmm. when you, even when you're scouting boots in the ground you can pinpoint exactly where those animals at and then start to like I said like that data collection thing I'm marking the exact mm-hmm. spot so I always carry a rangefinder yeah I don't know I carry if a lot one. of do I just do.
0: don't use it do use, yeah oh, it'd be Probably Is it always them. just on your vinyl harness? And yeah, you it's like always on, it on my vinyl harness. I'm sure it'd be beneficial. I just, I don't. I have gone back home, uh, like going, going back to finding glassing points to where the animal actually is and using the measuring tool to just kind of measure it out and see what mm. kind of distance I'm looking at. The other thing I talked about with elk last week was... Um, you know the size of a, a timber patch for bedding you can measure timber patches to see if it kind of meets and typically they say it's got to be that at least like 30 to 60 acres in size
2: you really were giving out all the good yeah information. I, I
0: went i went into it but yeah you can use measuring tools to just kind of measure cover and just see you know does it, does it does it kind of meet optimal conditions for what they're looking for so yeah that's a really good you can, tip. you can use that i mean there's so many tools that's the thing yeah there's so many damn tools and yeah. you gotta you gotta kind of use all of them mm-hmm and the the better I would say, the better you can use all of them, the better your plans get going to be. Well, the be, better, the better you're you can
1: use them tailored to your strengths, yeah. That's when it really becomes something. Yep.
2: Yep. Got
1: to you keep know. your
2: toolkit sharp. Yeah. Use
0: all these tools. To keep make it honed, razor's edge. Razor's edge. <laughs> iron sharpens iron. <laughs> what else you got? <laughs> One more rage. Iron sharpens iron. <laughs> Omar's
2: here. He be stay hard. Food yeah. is
0: food is fun, not fuel. Yes. yeah exactly that's
2: my favorite <laughs> favorite Bradyism
0: anything else you guys wanted to cover I know we're excited I'm super stoked about uh, historical imagery historical we all are imagery, everybody's man. pretty excited about it in conjunction with the rest of the tools that we've got uh, I'm just I'm excited to get out and get scouting
2: I want to go put boots on the ground so bad right now yep. I got a lot of tags in my pocket and I just want to see some animals
0: yeah well weekend's coming it is
1: I only got two hunts man I got to make the most of them yep. so I'm like neck deep and e-scouting historical imagery awesome finally yeah and then uh yeah i'm not gonna be lucky enough to get boots on the ground so i just i gotta wait till the day
2: yeah
0: cool well we'll wrap her up use the promo code podcast
2: promo code podcast
0: get yourself some uh new gear in the gear shop get maps like i said brand new tool for us we're pumped about it uh I would say if you're looking at using the promo code, just sign up for an insider account. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're gonna get everything. You get draw filtering and all that. Yeah. So, so use it. But yeah, cool. Appreciate yeah. you guys. Uh,
1: That's what we say. You don't need any of this shit unless you have a tag. Yeah. So like, get focus on focus on the task at hand of getting that thing in your getting pocket. That tag, yeah. yeah. Cool. Thanks,
0: guys. Catch you on the flip side. The we'll flip good. <laughs> flip.